The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Recording and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe. Is he's not, he he might he might join in later. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But out now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then we have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something completely different. But this is our commentary track for April 2022, and in honor of the upcoming Nicolas Cage film, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talents, we have something special in store this month on our commentaries. We are talking. Face-Off. John Woo's 1997 action spectacular Face-Off. I am excited to talk about this movie, and I have an exciting panel to join me for this discussion. We have, from Wise to Blue and host of the Brandon Peters Show, he could eat a peach for hours. It's Brandon Peters. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, I got that one. Well, it looks like we're going to be here for a hundred, uh, two hours and 18 minutes and 57 seconds. <laughs> Also joining us from Forbes, no more drugs for this man. It's Scott Mendelson. <laughs> I am happy to say that Papa does, in fact, have a brand new bag. <laughs> and also joining us from movie, films, and flicks in the deep blue sea, the podcast. Here he is with his nose, his hair, his ridiculous chin. It's Mark Hoffmeyer. Oh, happy to be here. And I packed my own villainous suitcase for this, and I loaded it with candy cane Mentos, a VHS copy of Captain Ron, Seven grenades, 36 throwing knives, my infinite just hardcover book, tissues, a tiny notebook, three pens, and some Claritin D. It sounds like you're ready to go then. <laughs> my henchmen are going to be like, what is happening? <laughs> like, I've already seen Captain Ron. <laughs> well, uh, I'm happy to have you all here. I, I know we're all excited to talk about Face Off. Um, this should be fun. This should be a fun episode. There's, there's a lot to. It's a good thing this movie's long because I feel like we're gonna not have n- not have enough to say about this movie. Uh, but for those of you tuning in for the first time to one of our commentary tracks, basically what Scott, Brandon, Mark, and I are going to do is talk about this movie while it's on pause as it plays in front of us. Um, sorry, while it plays on mute in front of us. Um, if you plan to watch along as we uh, talk about the film, we currently have a pause at five seconds in, so it's where the Paramount logo is starting to form on TV. So we're going to count down eventually from three and say on the sound of go, we're going to press play. So you can do the same and then you're good. Uh, if you're just listening to listen, you're already good. You can just sit back, grab, grab your face or whatever you do and enjoy uh, the rest of this commentary. Uh, yeah. You guys ready? Yep. Ready. Yep. All right. Three, two, one. Peach. So, so Mark, I just realized this is Thomas Jane in it, so it's got that deep blue sea connection. Right <laughs> little, there. little did he know that in a couple of years his life would just change forever, and yeah. he would land one of the most iconic characters of cinema history. So, I mean, maybe he knew about the script, maybe it was floating around, but yeah, I, I think uh, floating around. Floating. Uh, <laughs> he, 
I wish I was that good. I wish I worked those puns that quickly. Oh man, well, that's what I the Jews see. That's why those Jews are here to jump on those zingers. <laughs> Take the win, man. Take the credit. I wish I could have seen that sooner. No, that didn't and of, work. And of course, this is the 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 first tour of John Travolta and Tom Jane together before The Punisher. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oh God, that yeah. yeah, that's a Tampa movie right there. I was living in St. Pete. That was big news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about this. Before we get to what we saw, this let's talk about this yeah. opening. Yeah, uh, uh, because Brandon, why don't you get into this? Why don't you get into what you think about this opening? All right, here? so I hadn't seen this movie in a while because I, I worked on the Blu-ray and HD DVD of it, so I saw it daily for a good few months in a row. Um, but like going back here, being more a studious film scholar, as I've seen a lot more. But like looking at it now, like this is the most like John Wooish a uh, Hong Kong cinema in an American film like I can recognize like this is straight up like this just has Americans in it like it's shot like it was there it feels like it was there um like the the color I mean the color timing here is perfect the way it's shot it's just like loose it's not americanized it's like it feels pure John Woo more than any Real quick, Nick Cage, Nick Cage purposely chose to wear a mustache to to uh, to recall uh, jo- mm-hmm. uh, Charlie and Fat in the Killer. Yeah, huh? Well, like so, like the touching of the face, like just the it's all visual and overly kind of dramatic. And I, I honestly think Cage for this movie looks like he has studied the hell up on like John Woo stuff and Hong Kong cinema, and feels like he's plucked right out of one of those movies the way he acts in this it's, it's incredible um but yeah I, that... I, I feel like i mandela affect my own self by thinking this is always a black and white sequence and it's not it's mm-hmm. just sat- it's just heavily saturated yeah um but re- regardless i you're not wrong i mean this very much feels like it hugely melodramatic all the elements that you have for a like, oh, woo movie are here I, i've heard interesting thoughts on woo's american um ventures and we're gonna we'll talk about those as we go along here but like yes i do think face off is for me, and what I see, what you know, the Wu films I know, like mm-hmm. this does feel the most akin uh, to what he's done. But I've heard that argument made for Hard Target, honestly. Okay. Uh, as far as, especially because that, that was like right in the like right around when he made Hard Boiled as well. So it's, I can see it as far as a lot of the look of that movie seems to be representative of what he was doing in Hong Kong, where okay. they, kind of, they kind of get less and less that way. Some have argued. I disagree. I do think. Broken Arrow in this movie. I think that that tr- this trilogy of films represents a lot of Hong Kong woo, and then after that, from well, MI2 on, it feels a little less... It, well, MI2 is like, like Scott said, it like, kind of feels like a self-parody of yeah. what he's done. Yeah, and for me, at least, after MI2, you know, he he can barely go more woo in the American studio system than he does in MI2. And it almost seems like he's putting some of those tropes to bed. Uh, and again, that's that may just be the way I interpret the film and, and films that he made afterwards. But for me, whether or not, you know, again, I don't have a photographic memory of Hard Target per se. And Broken Arrow has stood out as sort of a, a pretty good action film that he added some flair to. Mm-hmm. This, to me, feels like, you know, full woo when I think of a John Woo picture, including the just operatic tone. And it 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 feels like a rock opera. Yeah. And I, it, when, you know, when I first saw this, you know, opening day, seventeen years old, 
you know, I loved it. It's still one of my favorite action films of the 90s. What I've always felt is like it works so well for me on a character level that if there were no action, it would still be a fantastic drama. What I'm hearing so far is that Scott didn't get hard target on 4K, but also <laughs> it's um, on my to do list, honestly. <laughs> oh, that's a great uh, Oh, man. So good. Um, I feel like I always try to convince myself that it's Andre Brower and not Robert Wisdom that plays. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like a very much an Andre Brower part, maybe because like Homicide was on at the same time. So I'm like, yeah, yeah Brower was in this, right? He's Tito. And it's like, no, it's Robert Wisdom. Um, I, okay, so I want to get to when we all first saw this movie. Scott, it sounds like you saw it right away. Real quick, though, Margaret, Co- Margaret Cho's in this movie. That's yeah. just weird. Every Random. Time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's random casting, but it's like when Janine Garofalo was on 24, not being funny. It's like, all right. right. Uh, Scott, would, you saw this opening weekend, you see the opening night? Uh, opening morning. It was a triple feature with, uh, no, no, actually, no, because it was the third movie of that day. It was Batman and Robin on its second Friday, then Hercules on opening mo- afternoon, and then uh, an early evening face-off. Look at you. All right. Yeah, it's still one of the best triple features, especially because they got better and better as they went along. That helps. For sure. Um, I will say this. The first 20 minutes or so of Nicolas Cage and full caster Troy, A, it's terrific entertainment, and B, it almost feels like a prototypical when moral scolds worry about bad characters influencing children and making bad guys seem cool. This is it in a nutshell. I mean, he is arguably the coolest one of the coolest cinematic bad guys, at least in that era of filmmaking, in terms of making evil look fun, in terms of how he looks, in terms of how he acts, in terms of what he gets away with. In terms, in, of, in terms of exactly what's happening on screen right this Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, when I'm, this you know, face right here is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's like I had no interest to be a homicidal terrorist, but being this character was certainly seemed fun. Well, that's the thing, too. He he was reluctant to sign on to this at first because he didn't want to play a villain, but then he was told by Wu that he would be in heroic mode for most of the movies. So he's like, yeah, all right, sure. But that, mm-hmm. didn't, that didn't stop him from bringing full cage to this early part of his performance. It's uh, almost like he wants to challenge Travolta because he knows what Travolta's going to pull. And he's like, you got to oh, live up to this. Yeah. It's funny, though, because Travolta, I think, is... I don't think he's specifically bad as really sad Sean Archer, but he's not exactly entertaining to watch him being like stressed out and five o'clock shadowed and always yelling at everybody. It's just really like cliched cop. Oh, yeah. role. When he shows up yeah. as caster Troy, he's like, Whew. okay guys. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, I think cage as, as Sean Archer, and this may be my favorite cage performance in both characters. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a, you know, without getting the best worst, whatever, this is my, probably my favorite Nicholas cage performance. It's, there's there's um, a lot of argument as to why I can agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get yeah. we'll get we'll talk we'll talk more about the Pim as Travolta. This the shot right here, you know, the coat, the red yeah. shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to some other fun casting things later, but I will say that uh, Mark Wahlberg turned down Pollux Troy. Huh? huh. Yeah. Okay. It, I I don't see that working, and I think Alessandro Nivola, who's a better actor, uh, <laughs> looks a lot more like Nicholas Cage, so it, it uh, yeah. you know, yeah. adds up pretty well. Um, it just, it's, it, I think it's strong. Like he's like just a little bit shorter. His hair is just a little bit messier. Like there's a lot of just good work done to make Alessandro uh, Nivola uh, fit this role. Uh, Mark, I want to hear from you. When did you first see Face Off? Um, well, I just remember '97 being such a huge summer. So yeah, I, I mean, I remember like you know Con Air had already come out. 
like Austin Powers, Liar, Liar, My Best Friend's Wedding. I thought it was just like a great summer. And so I was super pumped for Face Off because what Rock had already come out the year prior. Uh, uh, Con Air had hit. So this was just huge for me. Like I loved Hard Target. So I, I, I had just learned about John Woo because of Tarantino when he brought over Jackie Chan. I started watching more Hong Kong uh, cinema. And so then I was just super, like, I don't know, I was just super pumped. Like, Travolta was on a good run for this. And I remember just showing up for the theater probably on a Friday and just, just being blown away because, like, there, you have, like, the melodramatic stuff. You have the, the amazing action. You have the, the interesting musical choices. And for my 15, 15-year-old brain, I was like, this is like an action film, but there's something more to it. I remember just feeling that it was just something different. And, I mean, that's so John Woo, and he was just kind of unfiltered when he was able to make this. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just I always remember this performance because it was just, yeah, it's just something different. And uh, I loved it. It just stuck with me all these years later. I mean, Cage is just the best, too. That run was epic. So mm-hmm. uh, this was part just icing on uh, the cake. Part of his Volvo trilogy. With, uh, <laughs> the, with his the prison rock. trilogy. Well, there's, there's each one of these involves like a Volvo of some kind. I know that like has come. Oh, up. the beige Volvo that keeps the beige finished. Volvo. Yeah, like yeah. It, like in this movie, he steals a Volvo. Con Air, Dave Chappelle lands on a Volvo. Uh, the Rock, I think they just like joke about a Volvo or like he owns one or something. Like, among the details shared mm-hmm. between the three, this this uh, trilogy of action flicks that made Nick Cage into a superstar. This <laughs> is part of it. Uh, Brandon, how about you? What did you first see? Uh, all right, so this is funny. Like when I I didn't remember, like it clicked memories when I was watching this uh, prepping for commentary. Uh, I got my wisdom teeth pulled mm. like the Thursday morning or Friday morning of the opening weekend for this. Like I had to, and I had some like I had another tooth that needed yoinked and some surgery on my gum at the time, and I was like super pumped for this damn movie. Uh, I was supposed to like lay low for like the weekend, but I was like, no, I am going to face off. So a friend, I, I told my parents, oh, I was feeling okay. So I, I went to like an early afternoon uh, screening face off, like the Saturday of opening weekend, and I loved it. And then my parents were going on Sunday. I'm like, I'll go see that again if you don't mind me coming with it. Like, are you feeling okay? I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine. So I saw it twice opening weekend because um, it was like everything at the time. So there was John Woo who. If you went to the video store, even if Blockbuster had his old movies in there, um, the with you know Chow Yun Fat and stuff to kind of promote, um, you have Nicolas Cage uh, rising as a you know marquee Blockbuster action guy, and Travolta, who if he's playing a bad guy, you're buying a ticket like at this time, like that was the thing, like oh Travolta's playing a bad guy again, like Pulp Fiction started off this, like and it's funny that Pulp Fiction's like ooh Travolta's playing a bad guy for the first time it's like everybody in that movie is a like it's the weird thing but like broken arrow kind of made it the rule so broken arrow is like that sequel that everything's more like the sequel than the original that that's his bad guy sequel <laughs> thing and uh, cage cages glee as yeah. he shoots that fbi agent oh yeah it's in the right. air <laughs> whoops but yeah bro- broken arrow like that like it was it was everything coming together and it did not disappoint and it had this high concept thing that's silly as hell but that's awesome come on and you get two actors playing around like like that with one of the best action directors of the time uh, yeah this was everything and now people like i mean people some people look back and laugh i'm like do you not love good movies do you not like having fun do you not like going oh that's crazy yeah um because they take it too seriously nowadays i guess but 
You uh, know, ninety-two percent from critics. Like it was a well liked. Oh yeah, of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the time. Yeah, but you get yeah. the crowd that looks back like, oh, that's they I don't know, even I, have the same body type. Who cares? It's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie. I, yeah, I get that as far as the it's film. It's not a science project. You, it's but a it's movie. like, it, but it, but it's not even like this is some like '90s favorite that's like junk to everybody else, but certain people like it. It was it a well reviewed. It was yep. a well reviewed action blockbuster. <laughs> it was a hyped up movie, and it lived up to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And even there, I mean, I think the critical reputation of Con Air has improved over the last 25 years compared to when it first came out. Right. And this, you know, Lost World did not get rave reviews. Batman and Robin certainly did not. Speed 2 did not. This was sort of seen as this is the one we've been waiting for. You know, this is the summer blockbuster that actually kicks ass. Well, mm-hmm. Men in Black came out. I mean, it's not- a week later. Um, but yeah, when, is, so, when does Face Off come out? Oh, it's just uh, the end of June. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, right at the end of June. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, always, I always think Face Off is like the, the mid-July, late, early August movie for some reason. No, and to be fair, I mean... I think it's because Con Air is so close face to Face Off, Men in Black, Contact. So, you know, ju- late June, most of July was pretty solid. But George, George of the did, Jungle. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And of course, finished off with Air Force One. Yeah. Which also got rave reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, I... I, I do think for better or worse, you know, well, not for worse, but, you know, critics and audiences did appreciate this for what it was, both in terms of the outlandish, over-the-top nature of its spectacle and, frankly, as a compelling human drama. I, I mean, you don't I, get I, actors I, I, like this and not let them work. I, I like that Nick Cage got his jump moment and then Castro Troy, or Polly Troy, tries to do the same thing and he, like, fails entirely. Right. It. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, you can't jump in slow motion. You're not good at that. Meanwhile, Cage is blowing up, like, everything with just two guns. Yeah. Uh, including, uh... <laughs> Captain Fantastic director Matt Ross is here. Um, <laughs> One thing I noticed in the sound design for this movie when watching it was like these, you know, a lot of the explosions look like fireworks are going off, but he even has fireworks sounds going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, 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 you just can't take it too seriously. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. the bombast of it. Like you, you, I think I just saw the wires in there too. The, yeah, the wires yeah. showed. That was something that showed yeah. up in HD. Uh, yeah. when, it's when just you, about having a good time. Yeah. Um, oh, a I, lot of Woods movies, when they come to HD from the 90s, you can see the wires and bungees hard, and stuff. Hard Boiled's another one. Uh, sure. Mission Impossible 2 has that Mission happen Impossible. a couple times, yeah. yeah. I, I, just, what sure I love about arrow. this first 20 minutes is that it's such a, A, it's a perfect encapsulation of the movie. But moreover, I would say it's an encapsulation of 90s action, Hollywood action at its best. Mm-hmm. A shootout could be I, enough. Yeah, I mean, but just, you know, this, you have an iconic hero who suffers a grievous loss and tracks down his mortal enemy who is evil incarnate who's a cackling lunatic straight out of the diehard Batman school of villainy <laughs> and they're both terrific actors and the action is spectacular and it ends in an emotionally compelling way yeah. I mean, you know if, if this was a short film, it would have won the Oscar for short film in 97 and he's, um, a, he's a villain that's allowed to be an unapologetically bad person the only oh, good yeah. things that come from him is when the the good guy is in his guise yeah. being mistaken from it for him um and we've talked about this before but this would also like this sequence would be the climax of any other big movie as far or like oh, oh yeah like, we've, talked, we've talked about this in other commentaries i think too as far yeah. as like the scale of action sequences like this is this would be the finale of other movies that are right. lesser than. Like uh, Die Hard 2, right? It had the plane and the helicopter and all that. That yeah. was the finale, mm-hmm. was it not? So then you have this yeah. in the opening. Yeah. 
It's a good point. Uh, and it's, it's almost, I don't want to say risky, because obviously they knew what they were doing, but it is almost risky to have the, the ultimate showdown between the hero and the villain at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> well, here's the fun thing. These two only share like four scenes together, I believe. Like they, yeah. they're not like this is one. This is a quarter. They're twenty five percent of their screen time together is this sequence. Uh, they, they don't do a lot together, uh, which makes sense given the nature of the story. But like, I, I get it. Um, yeah. You know, and you, you look at it now. Also, you're just saying as far as like an encapsulation of like '90s action cinema. It's the way you can look at it now too, as far as like how we look at police these days versus this movie where it's like, here's Sean Archer commandeering helicopters and causing all <laughs> kinds of damage right. just to go after one guy. <laughs> this, he killed my son. Yeah. But we've also established this one guy is about to nuke a building. Yeah, so, no, the movie, the movie makes it. Nuke, yeah. nuke a building, by the way, with a timer that's not set to go off for like, Days? Like yeah. the, it has like the longest lag time possible for a bomb, which is that's that's what you call screenwriting. Um, <laughs> well, he doesn't have time to put his first riddle in, in a specific place for them to find, and then yeah, the Spanish lessons he was going to have to go through with Sean Archer were going to be very impressive. <laughs> well, wasn't no the bomb was is dependent on another uh, like an outside third party terrorist group and their negotiations. That's I think that's the reason it's not going off yet. Like because him and Pollux talk true. about it. Yeah, so it's not directly him setting the bomb off. It's him negotiating uh, use of, of a bomb or something with some terrorist group. There's there's still a bomb that he had to put somewhere and there's a, and he activated it and it's written so it has to be that way because that's what the plot needed. Well, of course. Like it's 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 a it's movie. Yes, it is a movie. It's just very funny to think of that. Like right. a mad bomber typically not putting a bomb in place to be like, yeah, this will go off in like a week, I guess. Like it's like no, nah, the, the the rest of the, you know, that's Doctor of Vengeance is like, yeah, I put it there and it's going to blow up this day. Like that's how we do it. <laughs> There were so um, many explosions though in ninety five, ninety six, right? With like, what was it blown away in those kind of movies? So it was mm-hmm. nice having this kind type of bomb kind of uh, be. Mad Bomber was huge in the nineties. Yeah. Mad Bomber so, was a big, you know, that, that was a thing. Well, yeah, so but Arlington Road wasn't that bomber. Ar- Arlington Road, yeah. Was like, yeah. Speed, of course. Mm-hmm. So it's just but, nice to have a, a really ridiculous bomb in a movie that doesn't go off. Uh, yeah. Going, Joan Allen was Lou's first choice, so they wanted somebody else that was younger. But he's like, no, I want fucking Joan Allen. Fuck, and great. that's a huge reason why this movie yeah. works as well as it does. Yeah. Because you have, an, you know, I mean, look, not to be a dick. Yes, she's very attractive, but she's not a centerfold. But she's also an incredible actress that elevates this material mm-hmm. by treating this like, you know, an Oscar picture. But she she looks like, like if this was real life, she'd be like, the hot housewife on the exactly. street, but like in a movie, it's not. But Joan Allen has looked like this her whole career. Like that's yeah. the thing with her; she's one of those people. Like when we met her, she looked like she was in her mid forties, but when she's in her sixties, she looks like she's in her mid forties. So it works out in the end. This is also yeah. a Peggy Sue got married reunion between her and Cage. Mm. <laughs> they well, wanted like her. They wanted a stepmom instead of her. Like they wanted a younger stepmom to be. That in this sounds movie. like Hollywood. That's yeah, very yeah. Hollywood. So when I first saw this movie, uh, it was opening day or the weekend. I can't remember exactly. It was, but it was when it came out. Like it was either Friday or Saturday. It was with my mom, who was very excited about this because she's a big fan of Travolta. She really likes Cage, um, and uh, and uh, I believe she knew Gershon was in this. And she liked Gershon a lot as well. Um, 
I she she was showing like whenever the trailer came on first, she wanted to show me the trailer because she was like, "Look, it's got both of these guys, and they like their their faces are going to get traded." I have so many gripes with the trailer for this movie that what do you think about it for more than a second? Because it's it's based around this idea that John Travolta needs to become Nicolas Cage to stop Nicolas Cage, but given <laughs> this movie, he's already stopped him when he becomes Nicolas Cage. But take but take that a step further. The the promise is he has to take his face. How would he get his face to stop him? Like what that is, the I get that there's like a lot of shorthand going on to like sell the high concept, mm-hmm. but it always amused me that it's like wait a minute because I like ninety seven. So what eleven year old me is watching this movie thinking wait a minute he already stopped him in like the first twenty minutes. What's the rest of this going to be? And then oh yeah, there's a bomb. I guess, Did you go on the ain't it cool news talk back yeah, to definitely. complain about that? Definitely, yeah. That's 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 where I was. Um, I like that Travolta's entire dick here when everyone's trying to be happy that they got it. He was like, yeah, to this damn. <laughs> it's, it's genuinely moving that they all you know applaud when he walks to the office. Yeah. It's moving when he breaks down in front of his wife and promises to you know be a better husband and get a desk job and all the things that movie heroes aren't supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So it's it's genuinely a tragedy when he you know goes and has to do the other mission. He's so unhappy he, that he's done this though. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, we're in the middle here. Uh, we're in the middle. Of this period of his career is we're in the Travolta sans right now. Is yes, you know, yeah. he could do no oh, any, yeah. and he was making great tro- like it was Pulp Fiction to somewhere in the mid two thousands. He starts to just, but I think Lucky Numbers it seems like. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was bigger than ever. Um, yes, a big marquee summer blockbuster star. You did little quirky comedies, drama. You know, he could like, get a movie like Michael do a hundred million dollars. Michael did Phenomenon. Phenomenon, uh, yeah, hundred million bucks. Did, opening uh, against get, short, get, get Shorty, like he was killing it. Get Shorty was like the killer one-two punch, where it's like Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Get Shorty mm-hmm. and Broke Broken Arrow is that year also. So you got that going. Yeah. You could see Swordfish him in any is kind of movie. where it. Yeah, Swordfish is when you kind of went. Ooh. Oh, okay, sword, swordfish and like lucky number. I think those both like two thousand two, yeah. two thousand one, right? Yeah. So it's like the or two fat. Yeah, it's, swordfish was a. Uh, mo- I think it was a modest hit. I don't it was a modest hit. No, yeah, it made yeah. money. And it I, is, I, I, I like swordfish to what it is. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, well, it, it was like modern. oh, Hugh Jackman not in an X Men movie. Holly Berry showing her boobs, and Travolta is a bad guy again. I was and, also like, and Sheetal, and they put him on the poster and everything. I was right. like, yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I think the the Travolta bad guy thing kind of ran its course. Like, when he was like the. The Punisher was like, okay. Well, I think by that time, it was only the point of where he had been down on his, not down on his luck, but yeah. well, know, we, we skipped he over wasn't that. as big. And him being in that kind of movie, it was still kind of a, a get. Yeah, It's well, like it helps him, but it also helps the movie, so it's mutually helpful. Right. We, well, we, we skipped over Battle, Battlefield Earth. I mean, oh, that's, oh, that's, that's a passion that project. That probably yeah. didn't help. His passion project, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's a mix of that and plus being like a Scientology movie. Pictures. I mean, yeah. it's... <laughs> Well, he before that, the general's daughter, you know, grosses oh, hundred million yeah. in summer '99. I was working in a theater when that came out, and that sold out like the first yeah. couple weekends. I remember that thing packing out. But also, Blair Witch was out in what Runaway Bride, so then people were just going yes. to that because those are sold out. Uh, and also, too, I I love his evolution of evil smoking. So, like Pulp Fiction, he was really cool with his smoking, and then Broken Arrow, he's just chain smoking everywhere in the bathroom, smoking. Crashing a plane, smoking, mm-hmm. fighting, smoking, and then this one—it looks like he's playing darts. And then in Swordfish, it looks like he's face palming himself. And then in Punisher, he—he's in Tampa, like the home of cigars, and he smokes a pipe. It's like his villain is smoking. Really <laughs> evolved. 
through these roles. You'll see here a little later, but uh, I, I kind of I was yeah. going through his movies. I was like, man, his evil smoking is had quite the evolution. I right. jumped the gun here, but he uh, he, uh, he faced waterball. He faced he faced uh-huh. himself just then. Yeah. <laughs> keeping him alive. Apologies, my cat stepped on the keyboard. Can you give me a time code? We are at uh, twenty four thirty thirty one. Oh, I'm just a minute behind. Thank you. Oh, there's our uh, regional circuit title belt champion, CCH Pounder. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got quite the cast here. We got uh, wait, what's her name? Com Fior as well. Like we got a, a host of character actors populated the sea writer. The Chronicles of Riddick's Com Fior. Exactly, Chronicle Riddick's Com Fior. I like that. She, I like that she doesn't say he's a vegetable. She says he's a turnip. That's just very specific, and I always, I always like that line. Uh, I just I was going through here. Domestic Disturbance is a John Travolta movie I forgot existed till now. <laughs> yeah. Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Vince Vaughn. Buscemi. Wait, was Vaughn good or bad in that one? Vaughn's the best, suspected of being the bad, the bad like mm-hmm. stepdad or new. Yeah, like he's like because he married the ex-wife. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. And he, and he, I, he like kills Steve Buscemi, and then he's suspicious of him for the whole movie. Yeah, and he's got he's got a lot of tries after like 2003 or so. He's got that, that, like, la- ladder 49. Like, mm-hmm. and that opened with 24 million dollars. Look, it's a shirt yeah. tail. No, like the the last stand, like as far as big things, is, is Wild Hogs, right? It's Wild Hogs and then Hairspray because he gets the Wild Hogs. Oh yeah, that was Hairspray big. and. Oh. And uh, Ellen Ham one two three with Washington, which was is summer two thousand nine. But does that make money? Uh, no, only because it cost too much. It cost made a hundred million right? domestic, but it yeah. cost a hundred million. He did the uh, sequel to the reboot Speed sequel, Speed Kills. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> so like like Savages is Oliver Stone movie. That's around the same time as Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. So it's like mm-hmm. he and Cage both kind of like stopped as far yeah. as being yeah. in the theater leading actor type even Savage is still like supporting it's still- I mean, not to be blase about it but his son died in a swimming accident right yeah. around the time Bellingham came out in 2009 and you know coincidence or co- correlation or not he, you know, he possibly dialed out some of his work after that oh it's oh, like wow. that didn't help for sure and then there's yeah. like stuff about him being gay coming yeah. out, and then the, Sciento- the Scientology stuff was like still kicking around in a more high-profile way, trying like, to find fondle massage boys or something. Yeah, that, that, so it's just a number of things were going on in his life as far as. Also, you know, it has been 15 years since Pulp Fiction. You know, it's it's you know not to be a broken record, but because Hollywood's been Poor so era. terrible at making new stuff, <laughs> because Hollywood's been so terrible at making new stars, we still expect. You know the old ones from the eighties and nineties to act like it's still the eighties and nineties. But even then, like they still they're kicking around Wild Hogs too forever. Like I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it still could happen. They can, they I'd can be make a leg- shocked if it didn't make Disney Plus. Right. They can make a legacy oh, sequel yeah. to Wild Hogs, and it would be huge. Yeah, <laughs> Wild Hogs kills. It's not like Mar- it's not, it's <laughs> Wild not, Hogs, a deadly art of illusion. It, it's not like you know uh, William H Macy, Martin Lawrence, and Tim Allen are going to say no to that check. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, uh, so, well, it'll be uh, younger Wild Hogs, and Chris Evans will be in it. And... Yeah, they'll, pa- they'll pass the torch. Yeah, Chris Evans, oh Josh, Josh, Josh Gad, um, <laughs> uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> <laughs> this is evil. We're speaking out into the world. <laughs> so we need one more person here. Yeah, we can um, burn this commentary when we're done. <laughs> um, uh, Taylor, Taylor Kitsch. How about that? Uh, really? uh, 
And he oh has the and he gets the handlebar mustache like Billy Williams. Oh, yeah. um, John Cassavetes, not John Cassavetes. Nick, Nick. Cass, Jesus Nick. Christ, Nick Cassavetes showed up uh, bald uh, by his choice, and Wu was like, "Yeah, awesome." Like the, he's mm-hmm. like, "This is how I pictured the character." Uh, Gina Grishon suggested she should shave her head too, and he's like, "Nah, that's not gonna work." Wu did push for ba- or for her though because of Bound specifically. Yeah. I think Tilly auditioned as well. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he wanted Gershon. This is Gershon was having a shot at taking off at around this time. This is her, this is her prime period. Yeah, yeah. she's having the best performances that she's been doing. I remember uh, thinking Cassavetes was really cool when I was 15 too. I, I always liked the cool henchmen, the Voslu and Hard Target. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have the him in Face Off. I always liked the Second in Command, and I always thought he was like a pretty cool, laid back Second in Command. A nice coat too. Yeah, sweet coat. Yeah, second in commands need sweet coats. Well, yeah, I, I think having a useful odd job is a very important element of these kind of films. Yeah. For sure, he has the weirdest directorial career. <laughs> like Notebook, yeah, it, Notebook, Alpha Dog, My Sister's Keeper, The Other Woman, John Q. She's so lovely. Like what? <laughs> that's a that's a journeyman career that makes Ron Howard blush. Like that's yeah. what that is. <laughs> Even Ang Lee's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Even Gordon Green's like, oh, Nick Cassavetes. If he comes out with like something in you know 120 frames in 3D, we'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what he needs a Hulk movie. Let him make a Hulk movie. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, Mar- Mar- Marvel announcement: Mark Ruffalo and Nick Cassavetes teaming up for a new Hulk. Universal's finally let go of the rights. It's going to going to start start off slow. He's directing a couple episodes of She Hulk. Then he's moving up to the big leagues. <laughs> Sean Penn will co-star. <laughs> it's, it's it's his turn. Did he just um, sleep face waterfall her? Did he what? Sleep face waterfall here? Yes. Yeah. Unless it was a wake face waterfall. That's what's called face, face waterfalling? Waterfall? Well, yeah, when he's doing the thing, he's face, yeah, yeah. face, face waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't impact on me, not... too, just because how odd it was. Like, so many action films, I think they just go so stock, but this one wasn't afraid to face waterfall the heck out of people. Right. It's, well, it's, it's got I think so it's much the Hong Kong drama. stuff coming out of it. That I think oh, that's... for sure. Well, and part of that is so, you know, for, you know, mechanical reasons. So you have ticks and, and, and habits that are associated with one character versus the other. But the other one is just because it's good drama. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not to skip ahead, but I was moved, you know, 17 year old me was very moved when Castor Troy's brother dies and he dies his shoe. Just, you know, out oh. of the habit. No, the stuff the stuff that sticks here sticks because it's handled visually. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. it's a problem that so many movies today have where there's explanations for it as opposed to just showing you something and then repeating that motif. Well, uh, this I watched has, this, this would have origin stories for these things at this point in, in a movie like this today. Yeah, I watched uh, the first episode of a Russian Doll, uh, and there she was on a subway. There's a Sophie's Choice poster that goes by, and she has to say, "Ah, Sophie's Choice," like. <laughs> But like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that would be. It's it's so important to show and signify that people would call it corny nowadays. But I'm like, that's how you tell things, you know, without weird dialogue having to. And it it makes this movie better. Yeah, it's one reason I like this picture because it's so distinct. Because it's a a very choices feel so specific. It's a very director driven film for sure. Yes, there's no reason it wouldn't be. You know, what's funny is like. If you were to replace these with all 
uh, Chinese actors, you know, do it, it Chinese, straight Chinese and watch it. American audiences, I guarantee the percentage complaining about stuff, calling it corny, goes down. Mm-hmm. Reading subtitles and having to watch how it goes, I, I, I would imagine they wouldn't call it as corny. What do we got in this room before we leave the what are, what are these posters? We got us. Now you guys got me thinking Siamese about a backstory. Dream poster? Oh. Looks like it. Is that the one with uh, today? Yep. On it. Today, yeah. disarm, oh, uh cherub rock, yeah. rocket. I used to call MTV and request that music video. <laughs> I, I, I like Tito's the one that's like, I don't know about this. And Sean's like, no, nope, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm hot committed at this point. Gotta, gotta take that face off. That's, that's the way to do it. <laughs> there's, there's no other way. I gotta remove my face. Oh my God. Um, Mark, the last time you were on one of these commentary tracks was for a little film called the fast and the furious uh, last year. Um, this movie was almost directed by Rob Cohen. Boo. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> no yeah, Dragonheart instead. He, he left to do Dragonheart. That's oh, well, sure. there you go. Yeah. Win win? <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like that uh, he entrusts this man with uh, putting a scar back on him, and I guess he took a note in the picture so everyone else knows after he gets brutally murdered, so they know to put that scar back on. <laughs> This would have been good if this was like Triple X-esque, uh, the Vin Diesel movie, but with Nick Cage and uh, John Travolta, mm-hmm. just jet skis and snowboarding. And I can I see know. Sean Archer yeah. going to the Xander zone. <laughs> the Xander you, know, zone. you know what's funny? is coming up here. We get to, a, for like a good chunk of this movie, it's a straight up Nicolas Cage movie. He's both parts. It's Yeah. It's a lot it's of Cage. Fascinating. A lot of Cage going around. We're gonna get some special effects here in a second. Lasers. Yeah. Not to mention thinking these about a, monitors. I'm, I want to see a backstory to the face waterfall because they never give one. Like back in the '80s, we were by that waterfall, I, and I, I get ran my. It's, it's just how he shows affection to his yeah. family. Yeah. No, no, I just love it. Like because you said you show don't explain. So like in a lesser movie, like we were by oh, the waterfall. Oh yeah, yeah. In the in oh. the Paramount Plus yeah. uh, TV series or the uh, the Adam Wingard upcoming sequel that he has. Designed. Well, we we should talk about this later on. <laughs> what the what, what his, that could be? As his father was dying in a horseback accident, he he left, reached up to tell he loved him <laughs> and read that to his face. A horseback accident by by a creek that had a waterfall next to it. That's true. And he, his father looks <laughs> to the waterfall, has an idea. Does it? Um, young me you, watched. Young you are me beautiful watched. like the waterfall. Young me watching this with my mom, by the way, we were both just super into this whole oh, operation yeah. sequence. Because it's like, yeah. wait, how is this working? Uh, I'm like, and I'm like looking on the screen, like, let me see the face without the face on it. Like, it's just so, it's so intense. And I like that they don't over-explain how the other side. You don't know, need you, to. You, you got to accept it. it. You accept it. it or you don't. We're they switching gotta, faces. We're gonna make it look like it's a surgery. Just deal. Like it works. The end. It's yeah. a movie. It's a There's, movie. There are some very clear um, uh, screenplay lines that are necessary, like, your blood won't be the same, but he won't know that. That won't yeah, exactly. again. Yeah. <laughs> you just put a quarter into the face-off machine, and yeah. uh, yeah. it does it. The, the the highest thing that they talk about is the plastic mold. Like, that's the big thing. Yeah. That like As if that's the most unique aspect of this. Right. We have a plastic mold. That's well, gonna you know, as long as the people look like they're believably doing what they're doing and everybody buys into it in the movie that's all that matters to me 
I don't care I'm, if dickweed who needs explanations for everything in the audience really, you know. It what gets me is this part makes more sense to me than reversing it. Like that's the part where I'm like, how does that do? Like you grow his hair back? Like what is? You add his love <laughs> handles back? Yeah, that that's the part that. And this all and this all took like a day or something. Like that's the thing too. The speed of this because because this bomb that has such a long lead time. They're like, yeah, all right, we can. Well, I love how at nighttime they just you know lock the door and leave Nicolas Cage alone in his coma in his room. He, as pro wrestler CCH Pounder said, he's a turn up. Like he's not going to wake mm. up from massive surgery induced on his face. That's that's not going to happen. What a, what a doctor! Nor should we chain him up and any like handcuff him or anything. We we'll just leave him there. <laughs> I, the, I you know, eleven year old me, not hearing fuck very often, despite yeah. the movies I'm watching. So when he just freaks out, and goes fuck you. Fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> it's that Cage conviction. Mm-hmm. I think I saw this first too of the trilogy of Cage films. Okay. I don't think I saw the. I don't think I saw. I might have seen The Rock on video. Actually, I might have seen The Rock on like video. Uh, uh, I saw I all seen. three in the theater. Mm-hmm. Fuck there it is. <laughs> you know what? You know what the CCH stands for? Crippling hmm. chokehold. Yes. <laughs> Pounder! <laughs> oh, man. Is this a running joke I'm not aware of? Her it na- should be. Yeah, it's a hell of a name. Can you do a she Demon should... Knight one next and do more wrestling talk? She, she, should, have been, she should have been in a Glow Season 4. There you go. Um, well, they were ready, going ready to. Ready to rumble. <laughs> she was going to be the, the lead star. Uh, let's talk about some other pairings. Uh, that we almost got. Oh, uh, the, right. uh, the the most well known one, obviously, was Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Um, that's back when this was more of a sci fi script. That's what initially uh, John Woo wasn't into. He wasn't into doing a futuristic version on this. It's when they made it modern times, and he's like, "Yeah, that that, that that's more my speed." Uh, but Stallone and Schwarzenegger—that was the whole plan here. Fittingly enough, years later, Escape Plan comes along where they're basically <laughs> in the prison that's in this movie for the majority of that movie. Um, so they eventually got their way. Uh, but here are the other ones. These are all fun. Um, you might be wondering why Michael Douglas is an executive producer on this film because he and Harrison Ford were attached. Oh, God. Um, at one point. <laughs> uh, I can see. I assume Harrison Ford plays the Sean Archer character. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. I'm thinking otherwise. That's amazing. Get off Harrison my Ford. wife. <laughs> uh, I can eat a peach fr- I can't do his voice next, yeah next Michael up. Douglas would have to be Caster Troy right yeah, yeah, yeah. like he'd yeah. have to be yeah, right, I'm just imagining Harrison Ford during the first 10 minutes of this movie well yeah. no yeah, well, that, that's, that's the, yeah oh okay yeah Harrison Jesus. Ford would have to be Caster Troy then because you'd want him to be the good guy most of the movie right and you'd oh, want God, Michael Douglas right. you want Michael Douglas to be the bad guy for most of the movie so they would like I can, I can easily see four. I can easily see both of them doing Sean Archer like sad cop mode. So yeah. it's more, yeah, it's interesting to think about how each of them would play Caster Troy. <laughs> yeah, but Douglas would be the majority of the film Caster Troy, I would think. Yeah, and I can, yeah, and I can see him doing that more. Or like Ford stretching himself out for two hours playing wildly over the top evil. That's a lot. That's, a, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. um, another one. Bruce Willis and Alec Baldwin. Oh, hmm. Hmm. okay. What about Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner? I mean, <laughs> I mean you lost my interest already. You're but I mean, dead sure. to Aaron I mean, now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Kurt Russell or Costner? Costner. I'd have done uh, Mickey Rourke and, and Bruce Willis because they kind of can look the same at times. Oh. This one would have never happened, but Al Pacino and De Niro. Come on. Um, <laughs> on, the, uh, on the list there. And um, uh, then you get, you know, if you can't get Stallone and Schwarzenegger, JCBD and Steven Seagal. Well, um, there's a height thing there. There's a height thing there, yeah. Major. <laughs> they just showed them stretching JCVD during one scene during the <laughs> surgery. Is there one with Ke- Keanu and Christian Slater? Tell me no. there's one with Keanu and Christian Slater. <laughs> no. no. But, um, oh. Slater would have to Owen Wilson blue. and Keanu? <laughs> you got to get – I mean – Wills is not big enough yet to be to be at that level. He's just yeah, the guy from. Gotcha. He's just that. He's that silly guy that dies in Anaconda. Um, <laughs> if you get the you get the indie version where you have uh, Kiefer Sutherland and James Spader. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Swayze wanted some part of this at some point. Some at some point it came across his desk and he was like, "Yeah, I want to do that." Uh, I don't know who he would have been paired with. Keanu, I guess, to make a point break reunion. Um, Kurt Russell. But, yeah, 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 that would be Yeah, yeah. Lastly, Washington and Snipes. Oh God. <laughs> well, Demolition Man, he can have fun. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. We, oh Snipes would easily be yeah. a cast of Troy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's not a, not a question. Simon Phoenix was cast Troy before cast Troy. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, TV. So yeah, there was the, and uh, Johnny Depp passed on a role in this movie. That's also another thing that happened. Probably the brother at this time. I'd say probably the Pollux, brother. Yeah. Probably Pollux. Yeah, be a weird get. DJ, uh, <laughs> you probably put three on the poster at that point. Yeah, there he is wearing shoes, no less. The biggest of shoes. This is probably the most shoes he's ever worn because <laughs> <laughs> they're they're metal and strapped to his feet. Right. It's probably a it's probably a miserable experience for him. You mean you mean I can't take this off for how many hours? <laughs> Can you only shoot me from chest up so I never have to wear the shoes? <laughs> Let's see if we ever see Tom Jane's feet in this movie. Tom Jane also looking... I mean, I get that he's younger, but it's like, this is such a different looking Tom Jane than you're normally used to seeing. Well, I mean, before he was Tom Jane, Tom Jane, I mean, things were... He has some roles yeah, where you're like, oh, that was him. Well, this is the same year as Boogie Nights, right? So it's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Boogie Nights. Oh, yeah, Boogie Nights. Stretching his character after muscle. Hey, these metal boots keep them from sliding all over the place, though, so that's great. <laughs> oh, man. There's Chris Bauer. Eight millimeters Chris Bauer. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, during the production of this movie, um, Schumacher walked on to, got onto set at some point and asked Cage to play Scarecrow in the next Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen, obviously, but they did team up for eight millimeter. It's a nice touch having his brother jump in the fight. So at least yeah. he tries. He's always trying yeah. to prove himself. He always wants to know. Yeah. Uh, this is maybe my favorite bit of Cage acting in this movie. There's a lot. That's a lot. That's I don't know. It's in the top five, though, where he starts beating up DeBoof and, um, he, and he starts yelling, I'm Caster Troy. And there's, sort that, of, there's that yeah. little wince when he when, he, when he's like, I can't believe I'm doing this, and it goes back exactly like then he goes, just his eyes get wide again, and he starts going right back into character. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a great. And this, the, there's a guitar riff right here, right where he like looks at his brother, <laughs> he makes the eyes. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> 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 like his, you can hear it in his face. That's how good. Yeah, changes in this movie. <laughs> There's a lot of good gut shots in this fight. Yeah. 
And John Powell's score, I think, underscores every single one of them, too. Like, it's all... <laughs> Watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> oh, they got the Zodiac in here, too. It's yeah, the yep. I forgot. yeah. <laughs> Good cover. <laughs> here we go. Here it comes. As, I like, like, Pollux is like... Suspicious. <laughs> He's like, suspicious of what? Like, yeah, oh exactly. Like, I bet they, my brother's actually in a hospital, and they cut off his face and put it on somebody else's face. Here it comes. That's like the the like getting mad at people. They're right there. Like, yeah, right yeah, like there. he. It's like his sadness that overcomes his face. It's amazing. It's such. It's it's uh, not to be a broken record, but it's why I love this movie. It's mm-hmm. details like that. Yeah. That a lesser film, lesser filmmakers would not think to add. He, to, I mean, Cage knows his characters in and outs to embarrassing degrees. Like, it's yeah. insane. Like, he cares. He loves movies. He's such a film geek. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. That he loves all this stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's why when that GQ profile came out and he said, like, I've never done a role that I didn't, like, care about. I've mm-hmm. always put it, like, I don't not believe him. Yeah, like, no, I mean, 100%. Like, yeah. I've seen enough of those to know that he, you know, it's it's not a, you know, he's always somewhat giving it his all, and he he's aware of which movies are yeah. good and bad, but that doesn't mean that he didn't try. Yeah. Like, and I entirely believe that he thinks yeah. that's that's the truth. And you know, n- n- not to get too much of a digression, I feel the same way about Johnny Depp. You know, you may not like his given shtick or a given choice, but he's certainly not. You know, he's making distinct choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think his work in Mordecai is as valid as his work in Black Mass. Yeah. Um, obviously, I like Mordecai better, but that's another conversation. Um, it's yeah, Black Mass felt flat to me. That's it is yeah. another conversation. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, that's what's his name, Scott. Um, he just did the Antlers, also. Um, oh yeah. Furnace. Well, I mean, I think Crazy Heart. What Johnny Johnny Depp stuff is a healthy, fun version of what. Whatever Jared Leto's trying to do. Um. <laughs> well, uh, not to get too far off the topic, but how much of the Jared Leto stuff in terms of his onset antics is actually true? Because, I mean, from what I gather, some of, you know, at least as far as Suicide Squad, some of that was a little exaggerated. Uh, um, knowing things I know about him, I would I would imagine. Well, no, and again, pl- I've heard plenty other stuff. Is, plenty is true. <laughs> Um, but I was at a 30 seconds of Mars show and he punched one of my friend's sideburns right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> he's a maniac. He seems really smart though. I don't know. I, I think it's, he's, whenever I hear his interviews, Leto seems like a pretty down to earth guy. I don't know. Maybe it just takes his performances way out there. I don't know. But he's not, quite... uh, people I know that have no, he's not a good person. For, <laughs> oh, okay. Like, Got you. Um, well, he does. He does a method thing too, right? He really when he's yeah. not, not, I'm not not that. That's not speaking to whatever he's doing outside of character, but in terms of like performance wise, when he's doing performance stuff, it's a me- he approaches it as a method yeah. thing. Right? He's talented. I'll say that. Yeah, Demonic laugh yeah. in the shadows. Yeah. So can we go? Like, we right. kind of talked. We talked over a little bit, but the the Pollux Troy thing. Yeah. He's sitting there and he's like, you know what? <laughs> if there's one thing that might be true, it's. This is not my brother because reasons. And it, it's the person I, I, who knows they're I, in a slasher movie. In a slasher movie, it's like, wait, how would you? Yeah, I, I read about face taping off technology in Forbes the other day. So <laughs> <laughs> it was like I remember reading critiques or criticisms of, of multiplicity. 
yeah. which I like the film quite a bit. But it's like, why didn't uh, Andy McDowell figure it out? It's like, really? She's supposed to figure out the G. You're not my husband. You must be a clone. <laughs> right. Wait, oh, that was a thing. I never read any of those. That's funny. A few here and there. It's like, yeah. Again, you're not. You're not. You're anyway. All these clone swap outs going on in America these days. <laughs> yeah. I've had a piece of pizza in my wallet ever since. Watch, watch that movie. Yeah. I, I like how 90s R ratings are still restrained enough where they're like, we can't show his face all the time. We have to show it in yeah. ghost bursts, uh, which might be both because of ratings for whatever reason, also because it just looks silly if you look at it too long. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's exactly enough. Yeah. That's no, still good. It still it treats it like a Frankenstein monster type yes. of situation where it's like, oh, this is scary. I don't want to deal with this. They did show a waterfall in the background, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to get that going. Best not to chase it. It seems like a bad idea to smoke while your face is coming off your face, but I don't you know. I'm not that does it. seem like a – I guess you figured you've had your face ripped off already. What do you got to lose? Yeah, that's what – yeah, you, you miraculously woke up from a coma. So I mean, yeah. Smoke them if you got them, I guess, like like Rick Moranis says in Spaceballs. Um <laughs> I mean, doesn't it tighten your skin, smoking? I don't know. Uh, he's in a position where he doesn't have to worry about tightening his skin. That's true. Um, I like that in this this like, this like pulp prison section, mm-hmm. which is a good chunk of the movie, by the way. There's a lot of this prison yeah. stuff, and it's great. I, li- I like how, how much of an idea they thought this. Like In the midst of a high-concept movie involving face swapping, they're like, also, there's a prison with magnetic boots, and, <laughs> and it's in the middle of, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. The prison's name is Nowhere Backwards. We have this whole elaborate situation planned out in a movie that's pretty grounded, but it's like also sci-fi prison. Uh, but within that, <laughs> Cage and this the, the, the both character, they have like a mini emotional arc together as far as like, yeah, we hate each other. And now at the end of this, it's like, I'm trying to save your life. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's this like, all this like little character work that's going on in this movie. Like you're saying, Scott, there's like just, there's, yeah. there's plenty going on mm-hmm. without the giant gunfights where it's like, good Lord, the writing in this, uh, which is, I think the same, similar appeal to like Con Air, where you have so many great character actors where it's just fun to watch them interact. Also, there's action. Like there's just there's a lot of a lot of stuff going. I mean, same with the these cage this cage trilogy. It's just, it's just, it's just so solid. So uh, well, I, I think there was an effort, at least for those first three films, to and again, this was where he was in his career. Where the idea was, what if Nicolas Cage, the actor, the eccentric goofball, but obviously very you know committed to his craft actor, was plunked in the middle of a, a Hollywood action movie. Mm-hmm. And the characters and thus the movies were tailored to that persona in a way that made them stand out. It makes sense. And it's, I mean, and Mark, I know you'll go over this in your upcoming Con Air a thon podcast. Do you have a name for that podcast or is it just Con Air the podcast? Con Air the podcast. There you go. <laughs> it, cover, it covers the bases. It's not lying. That's right. But uh, like that's the similar thing there, Scott. It's like the epitome of that as far as let's put John Cusack, John Travolta, and Nicolas Cage in a ridiculous John, John Jerry Bruckheimer action picture. Yeah, alone all the other actors in that movie, but they're you know the three stars. Um, but those are th- those are three guys that are decidedly not that guy mm-hmm. in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, there's a case to be made that Nicolas Cage be- successfully becoming an action star was one of the additional nails in the coffin in terms of the conventional action hero. You know, after yeah. Die Hard, after Batman, and that Matt Damon in The Born Identity five years later sort of sealed the deal. Along with the emerging, yes, absolutely, Uh, speed, speed. Uh, point break, and even more so speed. 
Um, but even then, do you want to sustain that? I mean, it ran its course, I mean, arguably in the 80s during the Reagan 80s, during a time when that kind of brawn was the thing people wanted to see, and the yeah. 90s is a natural evolution of that. Yeah, the sensitive Clinton era action hero. Well, it felt like you were getting kind of like like <laughs> movies, you know, like the, with yeah. the a- action being like it felt a little bit more, it grounded it a hair with the regular guy that Bruce I mean, Willis started. Yeah, Dark Knight was the huge shift. Die Hard, Batman, Keaton, you know. But even then, when you look at those guys, when you look at the big guys, when you look at Stallone and Schwarzenegger, it's not like they're making the same choice. You know, you could argue that for for Schwarzenegger as far as the kinds of action, like Eraser, but... You like sci-fi stuff. There's more sci-fi Schwarzenegger than there is. There is, but but also things like Last Action Hero and True Lies are parodies. Like, he's making choices that aren't just, Mm -hmm. you know, Commando again. It's movies that are (laughs) taking that and doing it, you know, spinning it a couple times. Eraser is basically Commando again, but still. I mean, (laughs) Last Action Hero, though, he took a swing on that, so that was cool. No, in fact, even by the time Eraser came out, it felt like a throwback to his 80s pictures. Right. Yeah. With, you know, that was the idea. Budget. Yeah. I, like one of the big poll quotes was Arnold's back and better than ever. Like, <laughs> like, it's, it's very specifically hit that way. Your luggage. Eraser's been on our commentary list for a very long time, by mm-hmm. the way. That'll eventually. That is a, a pleasure cruise of a movie. Yep. That's I saw that double feature with uh, Hunchback Notre Dame. Yeah. Like, same day. Like, open the same day. And I liked Eraser much more. Uh, that's oh, it. That's it. That said, I, I I saw that when I was younger. I uh-huh. watched Hunchback recently. It's, it's it's really fucking good. It's really great. It is. Yeah. What's the song? Hellfire. Life? Isn't his song Hellfire where he's yes. talking to the fire about damning her? I remember mm. watching that when I was younger. I'm like, this is out of my league. Yeah. I remember like, this is, <laughs> I, I, I was like, this is a this is a wild song. So we're talking yeah. all over this introduction of uh, Nick as. Of, <laughs> Even I get confused still of John Travolta acting as Nicolas Cage, um, which is wonderful. Like now we can talk about this as far as these performances mm-hmm. go. I know these guys what they like hung out together for two weeks to like just study up on each other's persona, <laughs> and now and now we're getting this. Now we're getting to see these two guys acting as what their perception of the other actor is in front of each other. And it's glorious. It is, and watching watching Travolta, especially in these suburban scenes, this is Travolta's goldmine right here, where he's playing Nick Cage, being like right. frustrated in within. He's playing Nick Cage, being frustrated in John Travolta's body. This is like this is what you signed up for when you came in to watch this movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, where he drives past her is hilarious. You know, it's, it's it's you know, simplistically speaking, it's fish out of water comedy. Well, yeah, yeah. and I, I um, love. The movie is not afraid to go there with him in every spot because guess what? He's a villain. He's a really <laughs> bad person. He killed a child at the beginning of this. I mean, come on. Like today, you're, you're there's have to, the to fact be. That, yeah, today there's no way to be allowed to lech on his daughter. Lech on the daughter sleeps with the wife. Like, and and he doesn't feel bad about it. You know, like that. Oh. I. I'd wonder how this would be handled today. We'd probably hopefully, get a flashback. Of- hopefully, we won't find out. No, uh, I'm getting He's curious about so the- much fun here. Oh, I love it be- because they sculpted their bodies to be similar. There's a lot of work going on down there, I suppose, <laughs> to make it that convincing. Um, um, 
don't know. Coming soon to, <laughs> to Paramount Plus, face to face, the tragic backstory of Chester Troy before the events of Face Off. <laughs> <laughs> For what it's worth, I mean, without giving him too much pathos, I do think the film hints at some very slight mixed feelings about having shot Sean's kid in the beginning. Oh, for, oh it doesn't hint oh, yeah. it. It makes yeah. it very clear that he yeah. does not want to do that. Like, yeah. It's, it's and, not subtle. It's, like, yeah. it's it's just he's a villain, so it's like, yeah. shit, I didn't mean to do it. That sucks. Yeah. That, I didn't want it. I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't like you either. I wanted to kill you, yeah. and I'm going to kill right. all these people, and yeah. this bomb's going to go off, because hell A and all that. But... The kid thing. I mean, Mia culpa. Like that's yeah, exactly. that's, that's where he's at with that. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna murder a bunch of other kids with this nerve gas bomb, but, but, but let's, let's not let's, let's not. <laughs> um, and again, it's the movie takes time for to, to have character scenes like that. You know, this is not a short movie, and what I find, especially in the '90s, where you have these 135 minute action adventure films, where you have room for maybe four big action scenes, which this has, but you also have lots and lots of time for plot and character. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what that extra 15, 30 minutes gets you. You know, it gets yep. you, you know, meat. That's good because Starship Troopers this year was like uh, two hours and nine minutes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like that had a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, pack it in there. Well, that's like Verhoeven's like you're, you're cu- like you're coming for like, oh, yeah, bugs and stuff. But also it's like this Verhoeven. He's going to pack it in with whatever he wants. to. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. They work on so many levels. You can watch it as a base bug killing movie and blood guts and you know nudity. But then you can watch it with the fascism angle. Like it's mm-hmm. just such a such a great film. That's that's another one where, like, again, seeing that in theater was that November, right, Scott? Yeah, November ninety seven. Um, saw that in theaters with my dad in November, and like, I've slowly seen it like multiple times since, like, over the the months because it was great. And it's like, as I'm getting older, I'm like, okay, yeah, there's more and more stuff to realize about right. what this movie's trying to do as you go along. I mean, it was pretty decently received when it came out, but I think it's even greater. In hindsight, looking at it and seeing what it has. And the film had mixed reviews. And I think it was not a success because it cost too much. Oh, it just it was, didn't yeah. make that much. Gotcha. And I think there was a misperception that because it was a box office failure, that meant that nobody got its anti-fascist leadings when it was in theaters. Mm. And as someone that was, you know, 17 and, you know, reading the trades and all that, you know, we got it. And, you know, some people liked the movie, some people didn't. But it wasn't like, the, you know, anyone old enough to know better, so to speak. You know, it, it, yeah, we all knew that, you know, having Sean, or Neil Patrick Harris in a Nazi outfit saying, ha-ha, the bugs can feel pain. Not, um, not everyone got it. Like, well, I, I, you're I, you're I, younger, I, a lot younger than no, me. No, 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 not, not me. I would say, yeah. like, I've listened to that commentary track. Like, they're talking about how some of the reviews they read weren't getting that stuff either. Like, they're, Fair. It's, it's, it wasn't a everybody gets this that just didn't want to see it in theaters type of thing. Yeah. There, was, there, was, there was some mixed reactions to the – both because, like, Heinlein's novel is not, like – it's not a word-for-word adaptation, and because, yeah, some people just didn't think that way. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> some people have seen other Verhoeven movies, but are like, this one's straight face. I don't get it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> 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 this, scene is, this is always yeah. hilarious to me when he's just, like, enjoying his food, and everyone's, like, humoring this, and Sean Archer's just sitting there. It's like, yeah, you know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta even discuss the movie. Coffee in movies is just really light. Have you ever noticed that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people. It's a. I have a friend. She she always p- 
pays attention to how people drink a coffee in a movie, like convincingly, unconvincingly. <laughs> like, that was good coffee drinking. I give that a B plus. B plus. Uh, <laughs> ben Affleck, Gone Girl. Like uh, the way he drinks that coffee, he's taking out the trash or going to get the mail. I'm like, I don't. Uh, like, fl- it flips it up a little too easy or something. Like, I don't know. That seems surprising to be given that it's a Fincher film, but okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll take. It, it looks weird to me. It's uh, it always it's caught me. Cut me out. I'm like, you're trying, Ben, but I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's Does his he... first movie. He's he's jacked in, so he's like, I don't know if I'm holding it right. Or... <laughs> he drinks coffee like Vin drinks Corona. He just flings that thing. Yeah, off. no, it's like it's like, and it's like not enough time for a sip or a good sip or something. But <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. Oh, he hated that line. Yeah, he hated that. Yeah, he did not make fun of his chin. (laughs) (laughs) I love that his brother is like entirely unfazed and seems to understand exactly what's going on. Well, because he spotted it at the prison. He already had. He had a a whole helicopter ride to to feel to deal with all this stuff. (laughs) By the way, that prison has a visitor section. Like that seems like the that seems like the prison that you don't get visitors at. Like, just, <laughs> it's in a fucking like oil rig island that yeah. you can't just easily get to. But they're like, right. yeah, we have like we have like a holding center for visitors. It's a know. guest center. <laughs> yeah. It's right next to the spa for the, you know, for the, the guards that are tired. The conjugal visit suites. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's in in retrospect it is funny that for the second half of this picture his big diabolical plan is to be a kick-ass law enforcement officer (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's he's very blasé about the like maybe i'll get my face back at some point part of this plan (laughs) speaking of blasé we're gonna get to him diffusing this bomb and we're not gonna pay a whole lot of attention to why everyone just accepts the fact that yes. this man just walked in and uh, magically diffused the bomb <laughs> oh, seconds to go. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Give him the medal. <laughs> I think this is the bomb, one of the best bomb disarming since what? Die Hard with a vengeance? Venge- when well, it was two years Sierra. earlier. Yeah. yeah. Oh, two years earlier. Oh, I love that scene. Oh, no. It's the most that school, school stuff is intense. <laughs> Actually, Executive Decision had some good bomb disarming. Too. Oh, for sure, yeah, because that has that has the dynamic team of uh, of Joe Morton and uh, Oliver Platt uh, trying to figure that one out at the last second while evil JT Walsh is sitting up and can coach. He was already three dead fish at that point. Oh yeah, I liked in that movie. There's three fish out of water: Kurt Russell, Holly Berry, and Oliver Platt. That's rare mm-hmm. in a movie to have three yeah. of those characters. And that's that period in the '90s when John Leguizamo was was supporting tough guy. Right. Yeah, that and Die Hard Two. Uh, like he's, he's just hanging around. It's like, yeah, I'm a muscle guy. Like, yeah, that's what I do. Romeo and Juliet. Romeo, and Juliet, yeah, of course, the the ultimate muscle, Tybalt. <laughs> like he's getting like a giant trophy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the idea that he knows that Sean Archer will be watching TV, saying this and like directly addressing him. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> He's such a likable villain, and that he's such a and Sean Archer's such a well-known cop that everyone in the prison's like, "Oh, that guy." <laughs> <laughs> we were all busted by him for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like the the applause, and he's just embracing the praise. <laughs> the Wolf of FBI Street. 
Here's Margaret Cho's one joke in this movie. This is when you do see that Travolta charm, though, when he just turns it on right there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's just got that. Because well, Tra- Travolta knows how to wear a pair of sunglasses indoors. That's that's, that's yeah. his thing. He can he can do that really well. I wonder how his sunglasses evolve in his movies. He has aviators and Broken Arrow. Yeah, they get they get small. You know, because Swordfish, it's like it's like a little <laughs> tiny pair out of the bridge of his nose. Right? Like Mor- he's like Morpheus at that point, and they're orange. Oh. Right? They're not even sunglasses anymore. <laughs> oh, if only if he had a monocle and Punisher, that would be perfect. I. <laughs> I'm sure we gotta look this up. You might have a monocle. T- uh, taking a Pelham, he has like he has the yeah. little sunglasses also, and he has the in the fucking Mar- <laughs> Harley Harley Davidson motorcycle mustache <laughs> goatee. <laughs> We're just gonna let the sexual harassment slide in the office. <laughs> yep, Sean Archer. Andy got home before the wife to light all these candles. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the studio had a lot of problems with this, with the whole like having sex with his wife scene, but they just had to keep it in. I remember hearing that on the commentary. People were like, does he really have to have sex with her? You kind of can't not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's perfect. I love that they went there. Yeah. Well, that's the, what helps is Wu had more control on this movie than the first two movies mm-hmm. he did. Yes. Hard, hard target was compromised. Broken arrow, like, you know, it's, it, it's looser, but it's still like he's not fully doing his thing. For whatever reason, he got like more control over Face Off. Like they gave him a lot of leeway here. Well, he finally got the speedboats that he wanted in Hard Target. Exactly, oh, speedboats are key. I do love in Hard Target though, where Jean Claude Van Damme shows off his leg like it's a gun. Yeah, and then he just starts. <laughs> it's one of the most beautiful woo shots. Like that's like one of my favorite shots of the '90s, where he flips his jacket mm-hmm. back and it's his leg and not a gun. Great moment. Then MI2, he gets control, too, because Cruz is there, and Cruz right. is like, I want Cruz I want wants him to make a Wu film, yeah. Yeah, so he's like, this guy's the guy, and there we go. And uh, Just because I'm asking, you may have talked about this in the MI2 commentary, but there really is no three-hour R-rated cut of MI2, right? That's just bullshit. Well, I'm sure it's just a print. Well, a work print, print, yeah. Because, yeah, like, I mean, the movie's pretty long. It doesn't seem like there's anything missing. It's long, and it's like, what else? Yeah, like, yeah. what else? Like, the plot's so straightforward on yeah. purpose. Like, what have you lost here beyond just like shoe uh, shoe leather? No, it's, it's one of those things I thought had been debunked twenty years ago, but it still keeps coming up as conventional wisdom. It's just a lot of scenes with that Australian actor that I can't name offhand because he had, <laughs> he had, he had, he had no career Clearly. after that movie. <laughs> just constantly making quips and like Bing Rames just stepping in lots of like dingo shit and kangaroo <laughs> shit. <to make> jokes. <laughs> Uh, not again. <laughs> uh, a few a few rakes for good measure also. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Three in a row. Uh, the the car the car dancing sequence is five minutes longer. <laughs> and it's mostly spinning. <laughs> they watch about twenty minutes of notorious. I was about to say, yeah. They, 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 well, they just, Patrick Stewart narrates and explains they, why it's they sit, they sit in the living room and just watch Notorious. <laughs> Pay attention to this film, Ethan. Yeah. There's a, lot of, concert. <laughs> there's a lot of scenes of the bad guy on the phone negotiating his Wolverine contract. Right. <laughs> Big hit, right? All right? What do you mean I'm being replaced? There's five scenes of Brendan Gleeson trying to pronounce Rade Shervadaja. (laughs) (laughs) 
This is good oh. material, guys. We got to get this MI2 show on the road. <laughs> <laughs> so after 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 MI2, he does Wind Talkers, the return of him and Cage again, and that and the return of him and Slater. Where Slater, I recall, had to basically beg his way to get into that movie. Like yep. He was having huge issues at that point with his. He wasn't having exactly the Robert Downey Jr. comeback part oh. of that of his career at that point. I. Scott, you remember, you know, John Roca, he was uh, in that movie, Wind Talkers, and he said, like, the vibe on that movie was that they were making a Best Picture nominee. Like, everybody felt good about it, felt... Um, I can imagine, because it has the, the... And again, I, I frankly, I like it quite a bit. Um, I don't, but I don't hold it against you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it does, you know, on paper, it does feel like a big, spectacular... You know, let's see what else Wu can do other than, yeah, but we know because he's done stuff, you know, elsewhere. But it's sort of, a, you know, a serious picture that happens to have some Wu's action in it. Yeah. You know, and it's an interesting plot. It's basically an interesting bit of U.S. history that wasn't super well known at the time. Gave us I, uh, Adam Beach is the best too. Smoke signals, flags yeah. to our fathers, like I'll Suicide Squad. This movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the man that can climb anything. Let me tell you, he's, he's Slipknot. Slipknot. Oh, I, uh, um, um, uh, what's his name? Um, fucking Joe Bob Briggs is here for a scene for some reason. <laughs> oh, Joe Bob. Lucky day, Caster Troy. This seems like torture, right? Doesn't <laughs> like yeah. seem like much of a um, much of a solution here. Beyond, we're just literally torturing you for five minutes with an electric chair. Sean Archer, you've lived your life acting like your Caster Troy. <laughs> Will you take the punishment that Caster Troy would take in order to save your wife from having sex with him? <laughs> um. This is obviously the second of four major action sequences, Mm -hmm. and this and the third one are morally complicated in a way that the first scene and arguably the last scene is not. In this one, of course, we're in a skewed situation where the bad, you know, the good guy is fighting and intentionally or not killing other good guys in order to escape. Shot him in the foot. Well, but some of them do. Some guards do die. Yeah, Again, Dubov, right? Because Dubov yeah. is a gun. No, C- Cage doesn't kill yeah. any well, guards. Cage no, no, but lives are lost. Yeah. Um, and of course, in the, the third scene, it's basically a giant, you know, where the cops are killing the bad guys, but it's being frowned upon. Look, that guy fell over himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, and again, you know, that, that's fine. That's the, the, you know, that's part of what makes a woo movie a woo movie. It, it's, it's not as tied to the black and white ethics of a conventional Hollywood picture. And you can't toss this office bag like I have to de- de- defuse that bomb anymore. It's, yeah. I just need to get out of this prison. Yeah. Now, presu- now he's still like you know a domestic terrorist. Like he needs yeah. to get out of that prison to stop this guy. Like I get it. Yeah. There's a greater whatever good. he's gonna do. Yeah. yeah. But when he's killing these guards, you feel it too. Like yeah. You're, you're yeah. No, you, I never thought about that. Yeah. That's um, no. That's, that's, that's good wrinkle. He finally gets a chance to stop him from killing somebody. <laughs> Also, he didn't want him to shoot the damn computer, so then they couldn't do anything anymore. Because, <laughs> um, as we know, the way to turn things off is to shoot them. So, Ooh. but that little like, ow, that hurt. That little bit where he's like has to convince Dubov to like get, wake up, snap out of your electricity meeting, yeah. so you can so you can help me break out of the prison right now. 
Nick Cage hacker. Has he ever been a hacker in a movie? Definitely. <laughs> I, guarantee, I guarantee he's been a hacker in a movie. I have to give me a second, but I guarantee this is not the first time he's used. Well, this might be the first time he's used a computer in a movie this to this extent, but I guarantee since then he's done some computer hacking. I assume one of like the, well, like no, he has uh, what's his face um, Riley oh, doing Riley. all the hacking of that. Yeah, he has um, mm-hmm. the guy in the van. Yeah, exactly. He has a guy in the van for that. But yeah, so now to this point where he's like, now I have to save this man. <laughs> he can't do it. <laughs> he's trying to lift all like three hundred pounds of Chris Bauer here. <laughs> Chris facial hair, Chris grip strength. Get him, TJ. Yeah, with no shoes, no less. <laughs> he's not slipping and sliding though, so that's great. He did not play a hacker in the Crudes. <laughs> so it yeah, wasn't there. Stanley Tucci the hacker in that movie. Yeah. Or is he in the he's sequel? A... Isn't the Tucci one of those? Oh, in Crudes, Crudes two. Yeah, does so. does Big Daddy do any? Hacking <laughs> yeah, no, Big Daddy, in, in Big Daddy, Big, Big Daddy does some computer work in Kick Ass. All right, there you go. Well, like Astro Boy, he's the creator of Astro Boy, so I assume he knows some kids way around computers of that. Oh, gosh. This dude jumps off this thing. It's a nice diehard shot. That reveal, by the way, that the prison's this is like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, it's not even on land. <laughs> where he is. Darn it. That literally puts a wrinkle in my plan here. (laughs) But at least he handles it, right? How do you feel about Nick Cage's movie running? Let's see it here. I mean, there's... I think The Rock, he does better running. No, fucking Con Air, he does the best running. (laughs) (laughs) What am I I talking about? (laughs) He's he's running a lot in slow motion, full shoulders, because he has that wife beater on the whole time. He jumps through a window and everything explodes behind him. It's great. His jumping, though, pretty great. It's good, good cage jumping. It's not him, obviously, but I mean, it's good, still good jumping. <laughs> Maybe it was him. I don't know. Maybe he likes jumping off giant things. The music's killing it here too. John Powell's score is like really, really singing the singing the jump. I want to be that stunt man. Like, you know, have you seen Face Off? I jumped off that thing. <laughs> you thought it was Nick Cage. It was me. <laughs> Uh, the Tooch is not in Crudes 2. I think it was, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, from John Hamm? Not The Office, Parks and Rec. Nick Offerman, Offerman I think. I'm not seeing him in here either. Am I, I making up a movie in my head? Possibly. It wouldn't be That's, the first time. Let me, let, me, let me look at the first Crudes. I only looked at the second one. Let's see. <laughs> Frozen Ground, he's like a cop that probably uses a computer, too. He's doing his thing. Oh, Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Yeah, Dinklage is in the second one. Uh, oh, no that's... Thank you. Yeah. yeah. The first one, yeah, is even less, because it's just the main family. So. You know, it's close. I mean, Snowden, he gets hacked, right? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> No computers in Mandy. There's a chainsaw fight, though. I remember even you know when Snowden came out. He you know, late 2016. 
he was kind of sort of already in his quote unquote VOD era. He's but definitely it, his VOD era. Yeah, yeah. But it was, it was not, it was unique to see him in a purely supporting role in somebody else's big picture. Yeah. Uh, and he's terrific in that film. I, I don't think the film is worth much, but it certainly is the kind of world wary grounded acting that was, you know, you like to see from him now and then too. It's nice that Oliver Stone was like, yeah, I need Nick Cage for this role. Yeah. Let me get him back in here. Um, it hasn't been recovered yet. That's a great <laughs> role to line reading. <laughs> and letting the, letting the mood slip a bit in front of his, his inferiors. He's going to do the waterfall. He's going to do the waterfall. He's going to do it. Oh, no. He looks like he's almost going to grab uh, Margaret Cho's entire face. <laughs> he, <in his> did, <laughs> he did side river, cheek river. Cheek yeah. <laughs> It's a prequel to Frozen River. Cheek Creek. Here's where he steals the Volvo. I mean, I really did think he that's some good almost face squeezing acting right there because I thought he was going to go for it. Mm. You're right. <laughs> they framed it so, you know, it was really about this. Every time I watch it, I'm like, she's about to get her face squeezed. Maybe he'll uh, use a lot of computer hacking work in uh, Renfield next year as Dracula. Oh, yeah. I, I got to say, I always do forget about the prison sequence. When I when I think about this movie, I don't really – I rarely ever think about it, the prison sequence. Because it's like – it's its own movie. Right, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, 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 it is its own movie. Yeah. It's like the fire truck chase in Con Air. When I, I always forget about it or the, the train thing and speed. Like I, Whenever I see him, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is here. For some reason, I don't retain the, the prison sequence. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I watched it, I was like, oh yeah, this, oh yeah, they got those boots. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Super Mario Brothers boots. Yep. <laughs> yes. See, Eve didn't read that article in Forbes about the face swapping despite being a doctor, so she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you think she'd be more in the know on this than fucking Pollux Troy, but apparently she's just not a That's like, the kind of stuff they're doing on the 14th floor? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she only it's works actually the thirteenth floor. <laughs> Sorry, that's a really stupid niche reference. She she works on ten, and the building only goes up to twelve, to her knowledge. Oh. So. <laughs> See, I would not give away my position at this point, but that's okay. Because yeah, no one knows. You wouldn't you wouldn't tell him that you're alive and well and near him in the city that you're no. looking up for. And again, you know, whatever the character's the character, but there are a couple spots here where he needlessly taunts his opponent and gives away, you know, like after he gets the information about the bomb from his brother, he doesn't have to sort of, you know, you know, call him a fucking idiot or whatever. It's like, right. Just, you know, keep the con going until you're out of the prison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he could have not told him about the bomb, and then everything would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yo, yeah. oh, you bought it? Oh, you fucking idiot! I'm not Caster Troy. <laughs> now this, get, this is a get great. Get your sister. See if she can. She can tell. Get your sister. This is a great section right here. Where now he has to play John Travolta playing Nicolas Cage. This is this is good stuff. Oh man! You have Nick Cassavetes, who's like 15 feet tall too. Like this is this is incredible. <laughs> Like Cage isn't short, and the yeah, fact that he's and he's dwarfing him, <laughs> like it's wild. I mean, Tom Casavetes wasn't big. Where are these jeans coming from? I mean, as much as I 
adore his lively, colorful Castro's Troy stuff in the first 20 minutes or so of this picture. I think this segment is Cage's best acting in the film, in a film that I think he's fantastic throughout. Oh, easily, yeah. Yeah. This whole uh, stuff where he, when he interacts with Gina Gershon yeah, and the, and the here, kid. And, of course, the you know when he finally confesses to his wife and tells the lobster story, which I always found very moving. The lobster story is incredible. Yeah. Like, that's, a, that's, that's just a great highlight of everything. I would say my mom was into this entire movie, like right up to the end when they take the sun. He's like, you're just going to take the sun. Uh, that, <laughs> that was the one part that kind of lost her. But the rest of this was like totally. Into- you get to be my son now. <laughs> Face water. Oh, these guns. We didn't talk about the guns. These were custom made for Kate. He's like, I don't think I just have like, I don't think I just have like regular revolvers. I think I have something cool, like fucking like scorpions or like whatever. Like it, it would be like one of these very specific guns. And they made them for him. They made him like Really cool gold guns. Because in the nineties, they spent money on movies. Damn it! Yep. And that money was on the screen. I mean, you no, know, I'm always and you can actually how... hold the props. Yes, wear the outfits. <laughs> like, may, may, like you know, the movie's coming up, but maybe the the least believable scene in the unbearable weight of mass uh, bearable <laughs> weight of massive talent is that he doesn't already have the guns and he'd offer to buy them. It's like yes. he probably kept the guns. He probably has those. <laughs> <laughs> And honestly, you know, not to not to get on a you know an old tangent, but you know, remember always I've been complaining about how so many modern movies feel smaller. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm thinking of when I think of the quote unquote old days. I mean, the movie cost eighty million dollars, and it looks huge. It feels mm-hmm. that there's no compromise, any way, shape, or form, in terms of the film that it's trying to be. You know, I can't count the locations. I can't count the speaking characters. I can't tell when they're trying to, you know, snip and tick and, you know, get away with less. And even a scene like this, I mean, there's more than just these, like, you know, Tim, Cassavetes, and Gershon in this. There's random people in the background. There's some that talk, some that don't. There's extras. Like, there's just stuff going on here. I swear, Aaron, in the Lost City, when they get when they get to the little area and there's extras, I almost cried. (laughs) (laughs) There were extras, Aaron. There were extras again. I thought I'd have to go to China for that. Uh, anyway, right here where they're laughing is great. <laughs> he's high. He's just like, yeah. I did like the digital extras in Moonfall, though. At this point, I'll take what I can get. I, 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 I don't know what Emmerich's doing with whatever he thinks he's accomplishing with his visual effects company because it's been bothering me since it's bothered me since 2012. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, that's a perfect has, example. Sorry, I interrupted you. Well, yeah, it's oh, like here spectacular. We oh, here we go. Face yeah. off. Scott, did you get up and applaud when they said the title of the movie like that? Do you, do you uh, yes, of course I did. <laughs> That's when they threw me out of the theater. I had to come back later. Um, no, but I mean, it, it's yeah, Moonfall is a perfect example. That's a movie that cost $140 million, and it looks and feels like the direct-to-video version. Mm-hmm. Um, Granted. There were COVID restrictions on that one. Oh, and I totally understand. And that's sort of the weird skewed tragedy right now is that you have all these films that had to get, quote unquote, back to work to, you know, be exist and maintain theatrical product, all yada, yada, yada. But then you're creating these compromised pictures right as theatrical movie going is on the ropes. I mean, but you've, you pointed out before movies that don't have to deal with the, yeah. don't have to deal with COVID, obviously. Something like, like the Marvel movies, for example. Yeah. 
rarely have more going on than the people required in a said scene. Yeah. Uh, or uh, you pointed out with Arrival. Arrival is like... You, you, that to me was when I first started, you know, what the hell is going on here? I like Arrival. I think it's a terrific picture. It's gr- but, but, it, but it does feel like a movie where only... <laughs> Only Jeremy Renner, Amy Adams, Horace Whitaker, and Michael yeah. Schulberg are in the room as opposed to having a bunch of people in the room. Yeah, if you compare that to something like Contact, which came out two weeks after Face Off, by the way. Um, and yeah, it's a more expensive movie, but that feels like a fucking epic. Um, it is. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of the 90s, along with this. This was a good, it was a good month for movies. Um, Speaking of 90s, this whole camera setup here with shaky cams, and <laughs> stuff, like this is a very 90s mm-hmm. way to shoot this sequence. <laughs> like he's high, but he's kind of losing his mind. This is great right here when he, <laughs> this face he's given to Gershon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just holds it. <laughs> and she's like cool with it. She's like, yeah, it's just Chastity. Oh, Casty. <laughs> I think it's worth noting that, you know, this is the kind of, you know, a lot of scenes, you know, moments in this scene are sort of used as stereotypical, you know, cage being cage beats. But here it's because the character is losing his mind and the character is having a nervous breakdown. And, you know, just another example of, you know, without saying every Nicolas Cage movie is good, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, he doesn't do this stuff for the memes. No. And you remember it rather than... Forget it. I mean, yeah. would you rather someone remember a performance? Yeah, or aspects of it. Like and that's the you know I, I watching the unbearable weight of of massive talent, you know, warts and all. I you know it, it's yes, it's to a certain extent, it's a you know love letter to Nicolas Cage and all of its you know facets of its career. Let's let's, uh, let's just pause this for oh, yeah, a yeah, second yeah, yeah. to, yeah, to talk about the weight. Talk about the dramatic irony of Danny Masterson being the skis ball boyfriend oh, no. that's being pulled out of the car right now. Uh, <laughs> what proper cause there seems to be for this nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> Needs to finish the job, though. Master Troy knew. <laughs> I do love it, though. He just goes and protects his arch well, nemesis' that's daughter. The, like, yeah. The joke yeah, is that again. he's the, a better parent and husband than yeah. Sean Archer. <laughs> At the same time, though, he does also victim blame a bit by saying, dress like Halloween, oh, and yeah, ghouls will true. try to get in your plants, mm-hmm. your pants. <laughs> no, watch him here. It looks like he's playing darts here with his cigarette. I've noticed that. It looks like he's about to throw that thing. He does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is Travolta a smoker? I do not know. I don't know, but I know he's smoked in movies before. So. See, she says, you know, don't blame me. And then he says, you're right. Let's teach you self-defense instead. I did go buy a butterfly knife because of this movie at a flea market in Florida. (laughs) And I also bought throwing knives in, what, 95 because of Desperado at the same flea market. uh, (laughs) Did you get the the coat or the vest to put them in? No, it wasn't that cool. But I went out and I tried to throw them into a palm tree and they bounced off the palm tree. And I was barefoot and they went right between my toes. One of them did. So I was like, I'm did you get nerve gas again. after seeing The Rock? Yeah, I did. I bought yeah the ZX7 <laughs> or whatever that was. Oh, when, it, when, it, when it bounced when it bounced off the tree and landed, you like the uh, Ralphie's mom came on and said, "You'll shoot your eye out and do that again." After Commando, I bought rocket launchers. Like I, I was a terror in my <laughs> yeah. town. After a racer, you bought a lot of luggage. Yeah, <laughs> he had gators around, so I just went and took them out and then turned them into one luggage. of those rail guns. Fired at once, yeah. the recoil blew my arm off. <laughs> yeah, I got I got suspended from my middle school for a week. It was crazy. Mm. <laughs> Bought a lot of pancake syrup after Die Hard with a Vengeance too. Oh, you the green, the, the white and the red. 
any every movie I watched, you know, like Georgia's Jungle, the Loincloth. I did actually you got a powwow safe after Reindeer Games. <laughs> <laughs> I did buy the uh, Men in Black glasses, and I got real like they the glasses gave me headaches, and I was like, I'm never being fooled by marketing again. I learned that lesson in '97 as well. He just face waterfalled himself to recall where he is. <laughs> <laughs> he just <laughs> we can get a grasp on this. Grishad had some fun movies in the 90s. Bound, Showgirls, Face Off. Like She took some roles. I love it. Yeah. I was. I have been told, and I have no idea if this is accurate, that she's not terribly fun to work with and not a particularly nice person. And that may have hmm. contributed to her declining career. Is that true? I have no idea. But I have heard that. I mean, saying the words women are difficult, in a, that feels like a... Let me put it this way. It wasn't a dude that told me. <laughs> Uh, okay, fair. Okay, yeah. that's that's that could be it. That could yeah, be I get it. Whatever, story, but it's, it's, not, it's not definitive. It's just so. as likely that it was an actress that was known primarily for being very attractive, and at some point the roles of that nature dry up because, God forbid, they turn thirty-five. I like her in Killer Joe, though. <laughs> yeah, Killer Joe. <laughs> the whole cast of Killer Joe. Oh yeah, that's extraordinary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's doing their. Everyone's putting their A game on that one. The, the studio <laughs> wanted us the sex scene here, right? I remember from the commentary, but then they, I think they shot it and then they cut it, or they were thinking about shooting a scene between these two. Because it, it'd be, it'd be too much for the hero to do on to do this kind of thing in the midst of everything else going on, and you, I, I can see a test audience reacting negative to something like that. No, it, it, it does. It would it feel makes, like a breaking of bond beyond just. Yeah, like, indirect violence while escaping from prison, for example. Once is moral complexity. Twice is like, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and part of it is, frankly, just as to a certain extent, Sean Archer is, you know, fake Sean Archer. Troy, Pastor Troy is a better Sean Archer than the real Sean Archer. To a certain extent, you know, fake Pastor Troy is being a better Pastor Troy than the real person. Not a, not a certain extent. Yes, he's yeah, not a yeah. horrible, horrible terror. Yeah. Stop, stop sugarcoating these guys. Well, like, you know, not, know what I'm talking about. Like, he's, not, he's not making subtle moves to be nicer. Yeah. He's a genuinely good person yeah. who's in this situation. Um. <laughs> hey, remember when we were talking about CCH Pounder and Calm Fiore and Robert Wisdom? CCH Pounder! <laughs> We, we, we skipped over the part where they were burned alive. Oh, yeah, ruthlessly. <laughs> and only Tito was mourned. Yeah. Kind of, because he's like, yeah, shit happens, which is a great line reading again by Travolta when he says it. Oh, no, they, 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 he, he cries when he just find, you know, he puts two and two oh, together. When, when, Kate, when, yeah, when, yeah. when the real Archer finds out. Yes, yeah. when, when fake Archer finds out. Yeah, like, yeah shit, shit happens, you yeah. know. <laughs> uh, the idea that Caster Troy... Ash on Archer figured out where he would go. Cool. Uh, but also, like, man, he really took out his own people just to get after this one guy in this. Oh, place. yeah. <laughs> um. Don't grab guns. You know, uh, Gershon has the, you know, action chops coming off of uh, Best of the Best 3, No Turning Back, two years before, prior to this. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, that's probably where she gets it. Oh, I stopped it, too. I need to watch that. Comes back around with three. They really tie it up nicely. Uh, there he goes. He's uh, what's that term when you like lock on to a young one? Imprint. Imprinted. He's imprinting. Yeah. yeah, he's imprinting. Wait, he Jacob. He Jacob done this. Is that yes. Like, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, 
He's absorbed him now. <laughs> the idea that there's a like a, a child that's exactly the same. I mean, it, I get it. It's a movie, but still, it's just like, oh, I found a replacement. <laughs> there it is. Same age and everything. We should explore you know, little, this, you know, with, with therapy. No, no. A little, cool. a little oh, cherub haircut. There's going to be a lot of therapy after this movie. Oh, yeah, the sequel is going to be all therapy. Yeah, it's, it's going to be in treatment. The sequel is going to be like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but no action, all therapy scenes. <laughs> and Billy Crystal as the therapist. Oh, God. Him or uh, the voice of William Fichtner again, either one. <laughs> Matt Ross of his new ear. But he dies, right? He dies in the sea. <laughs> the yeah. for nothing. Well, is that the dude from Silicon Valley? Silicon yeah. Valley? Yeah, oh. Dire- director Matt Ross, yeah. And American Psycho. And this is an obvious but very effective beat where you have, you have a violent shootout set to somewhere over the rainbow. I was trying to find if there's any other songs that you want. I couldn't find any. I'm still but. pissed at Fate of the Furious for not setting the plane shootout to whatever the baby was listening to on his uh-huh. whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you blow that? Come on, yeah, that Gary. Was, that, was, that was a big, big mess step for that one. I wish the kid was listening to Slow Ride by Foghat. That would have been uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it was ju- it was right before Baby Shark too, so I feel like they're a year <laughs> off from really really crushing that scene. Um, this is a, a fun. Uh, that you know, was great. That's a kick-ass letter. Nice. This is a great scene for lighting. I think every door that opens has light illuminating through it with smoke because hmm. um, the moon is everywhere. Did uh, did we mention that uh, Cage and Gershon reunited back in 2017 for Inconceivable? Starring uh, easy to work with actors uh, Faye Dunaway as well. <laughs> nice. Yeah, they got that is. Whoa. I forgot about that one. What's that one? A behind the scenes uh, uh, exploration uh, of Princess Bride. A mother looks to escape her <laughs> abusive past by moving to a new town where she befriends another mother who grows suspicious of her. But if you're going inconceivable, Princess Bride, she does co-star with Wallace Shawn in Rifkin's Festival. Yes, that's true. <laughs> In my head, I was trying to do like a bacon thing of more actors I could just do, but I <laughs> quit. That's a pretty, like, I know he's not killing anybody, but taking the gun and like smashing it into the helmet of that guy's face, that's, that's, well, that's going to hurt. <laughs> that's going to hurt. Well, that's, you know, this and the, you know, the previous prison scene, you have that, you know, him trying to do quote unquote action without killing a bunch of people. And that adds a certain level of moral suspense. And that's also, a- you have this strange scene where you have the good guys just butchering the bad guys but you know it's viewed in a negative sense um and you know obviously there's obvious reasons for that but it does make this an interesting counterbalance to convention about what the politics of most action movies happen to be which again i think you know i don't think on average you know there are action movies that are very conventionally conservative that are some that are a bit more nuanced but you know everyone's different and this is certainly one that that plays in the deep end this is the most woo action as far as like how much it looks close to his hong kong films i think of oh yeah mm-hmm. this movie the, the way that the the editing's going the slow motions this this kind of stuff right here where they're both shooting at each other at the same time there's a point where like a guy jumps through glass just to shoot at another guy like there's just like all these bits are straight out of better tomorrow and killer and hard boiled yep. The old, you know, he make you know, the, the cliche. Even then, was you know, he shoots gunfights like they're a ballet. Yeah, and that's and why you know, not? The, you know, you know, the, music's, like, the music's not hurting. <laughs> yeah. 
That little also, wink that Cassavetes does. That's like such a good little character moment for such a side character. Yeah. That, that's again, that's we, we don't need a scene of him and the kid like showing that they know each other. We get a little moment like that and that's all you need. There's a bit, this is so random. There's a bit in the 28 Weeks Later trailer where Jeremy Renner gives a little wink to the, the, the kids in the car. And yeah. it's like, and even in the movie, in the movie the same, it's like, that, it's just such little detail, but it's like, I remember that moment very specifically. And it's like, that's all you need from mm-hmm. some of these guys. And so many movies don't seem to get that these days. That has some mean moments, that movie, that Renner scene. Yeah. Buzz, oh, Woody. Uh, 28 Weeks rocks. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. such a big 20 fan weeks of is awesome, yeah. yeah. Except, except, like, I oh, like man. days, I like weeks more. I, I agree with so you. Much, it has so much going for it. And, like, Rose Byrne it's just gets so much smashed. better than it, you think it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fact that we didn't get years, like, <laughs> yet, I guess. Quit while you're ahead. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, on, the, on, the, on the rate it was going, I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that opening of the second one is just. Is oh, an all timer. So oh my god! Oh, oh yeah, that chase scene. You want to see? You want to see emotional running? What Robert Carlyle in Twenty Eight Weeks Later? Right, and, <laughs> and then they do the whole Silence of the Lambs things, but with like the not zombies, zombies. Oh yeah, so good, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, this is brutal right here, uh, but it's also like. Oh, this, this, the, the, like I, I, Nick Casavetti's not a guy where I'm like, man, this is an actor who's just killing it all the time. But, like, this sequence right here where he's just, like, holding his gunshot wound as he's dying and giving a kiss to go out to his sister, that's good stuff. Like, this is good drama right here. His best <laughs> like, he, know, he knows he's dead. <laughs> his best work since The Wraith, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and not, not topped until uh, Hangover Part 2, right? So, nope. As replacement for Mel Gibson. I mean, look, they kind of look alike, right? I mean, one's got a skinhead, the other talks like one, so hey. Okay. Exactly, yeah. It, it was, you know, an in-between alpha dog came out, so it all worked out. Uh, there's a scene where that cop tries to shoot at the kid, I was like, that's a bad cop. You never yeah. see much John Travolta running in movies. Not, he's a walker, we know this, Saturday Night Fever, he's a walker. Yeah. Oh, great walker. You can tell by the way I use my walk, walk. say they told you right away. They were... Um, based on based on trailers leading up to this, this is like the most. This and like whatever was going on at the end of Men in Black were like the most anticipated things I wanted to see that summer. Mm. Uh, what like the spaceship crashing in Queens, and then this sequence right here of these two back to back with guns. Like I was like, yep. what's going to happen in this scene right here? And it's really cool. I like this dialogue a lot. I like what they do with the like we turn around and shoot at each other and miss and all that. Oh yeah, there it is. Hey, right here, here we go. And it's perfect because it's mirrors and it's yeah. it's not subtle at all. <laughs> it's just great stuff. You know, I'm all about that sometimes. The lack of subtlety. I, yeah, I, I love it. I oh, love for, it. For, oh, that's why I. Oh, that's yeah. one of many reasons I love this movie. It embraces. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, oh, it's cheesy. Yeah, it's cheesy. It's awesomely cheesy. Right. Yeah. It embraces yeah. the again the melodrama. The it's it's not to be you know because I said this a couple times. It's it's opera. It's, it and, doesn't always have to be a mystery guessing game layered yeah, it's, deep it's, thing. It could be right there on the nose, and be, you got it. Cool. So did I. We all got it. Matt Ross, you have a, for cowards. You have a grenade launcher. Don't shoot at the side of the thing. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Get it together, dude. I also bought a grenade launcher after watching this movie. <laughs> I I really yeah. No wonder you didn't let yourself see R-rated movies until you were older. <laughs> 
I like that. I like that. Um, you know, uh, Kate. You know, Caster is still wearing nice clothes and everything. Pollux has like a strappy suit and a Converse or no, like Reeboks. <laughs> Makes the landing softer. He's dressed like Milo and Morbius. <laughs> yeah, the guy who shot this also shot Morbius. No. Yeah. Huh. Oliver Wood. Some random trivia for yep, you. That's true. Yeah. And the board movies. <laughs> I did some IM, I did some IMDB snooping. I see. What about Captain Ron? Did he do Captain Ron? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was busy shooting Terminal Velocity. Uh-huh. That's a fun little movie. That car scene that at exists. the end? Oh, that's, I love that car scene. Oh. You know, I first started liking what, uh, Nivola when he was in Laurel Canyon. Yeah. I think he, was he in Laurel Canyon? He's in Laurel Canyon. Him and Bale yeah. and McDormand. He's like, he's McDormand's, because she's, she's, his, she's his mom, right? Bale's mom. Mm-hmm. And Nivola's the guy that's seeing her. I remember thinking, this guy's good. I know him from this movie. Uh, he just blew Matt Barras' hair, though. Uh, I know him from this movie, and then he showed up in Jurassic Park 3. Oh, um, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that's Pollock's Troy. Because <laughs> <Huh. laughs> he, he's like such, he's more, you know, he's playing handsome in Jurassic Park 3 as opposed to this movie. He's like, oh, there he is. That's neat. All right. And yeah, he slowly he, he pops up in a lot of stuff that I like really enjoy him in. He's, he's generally very good. Most violent years, he kicks ass in. Many saints in Newark. Yeah, he's just in that. <laughs> he's closed the door. <laughs> but that tying the shoe scene, I know. I, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, yeah. I risk being a broken record, but like, I just, I love it. I want to be this guy, just come in and yell at somebody and throw a magazine right. and just walk out of the room. Pay attention to what happens in a second. Yeah. <laughs> Here we got uh, yeah, Harf Fresnel coming off of Fargo. Oh, we have him and John Carroll Lynch, so it's a Fargo reunion, too. Hmm. <laughs> you got Norm Son of a Gunderson and uh, William H. Basie's uh, father-in-law. I like how easy it is for him to kill this man. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, ah, no, no, it's paying attention. I can pull this off. It's an opportunity. Also, heart. He's so he's so like dedicated to chewing out Archer. By the way, he's like, oh, my heart's failing me, but I'm gonna stay in this room and I'm gonna finish this talk that I want to have. Get him. He slips into cage voice. <laughs> Wait, I completely forgot about the back neck pop. Yeah, he has a back neck first. <laughs> the shh, and then the death. Right here, too, when he calms himself down <laughs> so he can, like, readdress right. his, his Archer version. He's good in that. Oh. Doesn't look like a Lazaro. <laughs> <laughs> that old white man does not look like Victor Lazaro, but okay. That's fine. <laughs> See more cage running. Pretty sure Travolta runs in blowout. Yeah, well, he's, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you know, paranoid movies, you got to run a little bit. That's you know, that's a big part of it. Greasy does some dance running. Doesn't I mean? Is that running when you're dancing? No, he's dancing. He's dancing. Yeah, he's, uh, trying to think of these Travolta running movies now. <laughs> Is he? No, he's driving a cab in the Look Who's Talking trilogy. So you know that's. Uh, <laughs> 
I feel like in in Michael and Phenomena, and he's just very lethargic. That's all. That's like, yeah. yeah, for sure. No, oh, Michael, for sure. Michael, he's like barely moving. Yeah. He's shuffling around. <laughs> he's a big guy in that one. <laughs> Phenomenon, it's lucky he's getting on his feet in that movie. Yeah, curious. All I remember for that is the Kira Sedgwick shaving scene that was in the trailers. Isn't it wild that there's a trilogy of Luke Who's Talking films? It's yeah. wild that I <laughs> saw them all in the theater. That is wild, yes. Well, it was one of the, the original one made $140 million, yeah. which and the, I think and adjusted second, for inflation is probably trolled his biggest movie after after Greece. And the second was huge also, right? Yeah, it, it, was, it was solid. Like, it wasn't huge. But it was it, good it, opened, it opened huge. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're back? <laughs> Johnny and Chris Kirstie? <laughs> Well, and now, the, fact that the, the, the fact that they're both in the third one, impressive. They're well, like, yeah, we should do another one of these. It was great. After he was such a hit with the kids in um, Ninja Turtles, they added Elias Cotis to the series. <laughs> and he burned down their apartment. I remember that. That's when, that's when the series got better. That's what, they, that's what they all say. It was the bomb and Fallen. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, we we don't worry, Mark. We've done a fallen commentary track. That's in the archives. <laughs> nope, contrary to, and I wasn't sure, but Luke was talking two only opened to eight million bucks and and finished off with forty eight million. Okay, uh, I I didn't know to be honest. I just know the first one was one of the biggest movies of two, of nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, it was huge. Well, it was like one hundred and forty, right, right around you know, Lethal Weapon two, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of running in Travolta movies. Like I'm looking at this now, like even his younger days, he was still he was you know moving, he was dancing <laughs> between between Greece and staying alive. There's plenty of dancing going on, but it seems like he got more because like with Pulp Fiction, especially he plays like you know laid back hitman type right. character and just kind of carried that. Like get shorty, he's like I'm cool just sitting at a booth. Like, so. Civil action, oh. he's in court the whole time. He, Civil action, yeah, exactly. He runs in Greece. He tries to join the track team. Oh, yeah. And he, and, he, and he fails spectacularly at it. <laughs> he, tries to, he tries to jump a hurdle, and he falls. He's like, he falls. He can't, he can't play soccer worth a damn. Uh, like, I, if I recall, I think a part of his post-pulp fiction per, on-screen persona was sort of being a laid-back you know, too cool to oversweat the whatever that's, type. That's what I'm, yeah. that's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, from Russia with Love, I just think he repels. No, not from Russia with Love. From Paris, Paris with love. love. From Paris with Love. No, because Jonathan Reese Myers gets all the action. Yes. All the, all the frantic action, anyway. John Travolta just, like, holds a rocket launcher in a car. And is like, yeah, isn't this cool? Like that movie I said that in? I bought another rocket launcher after watching that movie. Yeah, I figured you did, yeah. That was, like, yeah. supposed to be this big, like... <laughs> Travolta movie that no one no one gave two shits so from Paris because well, it was They're like here's his lines again like all his lines because it was a Luke Besson joint coming after Taken right so like, yeah. yeah let's get him in one of these and he's got a partner and it's John Rhys Myers everyone all the kids will have him from Mission Impossible three yeah. our favorite Dracula <laughs> well, yeah. yet another not ironically not the next Tom Cruise. What if that happened? What if Mission Impossible Three came out and everyone will responded to John Reese Myers? And we're like, "Oh man, get him in the get him in Ghost Protocol. Move over, Renner." Yeah. <laughs> I liked Maggie Q in that. Yep. I liked her in Protege. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing her they're, back. Yeah, they're Maggie, all fun. And Maggie in, Q's a great action hero. It's just nobody goes to those movies, or 
I don't know. She yeah. had that Nikita show on TV. She had that, that for six years. Yeah, she was great. Uh, that Die Hard. She was good in that. Like, oh, yeah. all that, of um, She's got the, a great the, resume for action movies, and yeah, the Proje was cool. I like that one. In the in the yeah. Kiefer Sutherland show where he becomes pres- designated survivor, yes. she's in it. She's in it as the action character. Mm-hmm. Like while he's in the Oval Office, she's like, "I'm doing the spy stuff." Oh, she's very tall mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah, she's she's I, like point she's like 0.75 Nick Cassavetes. <laughs> I was no, I was in line by her at uh, the Simpsons movie when that came out. She's near line. Yeah, she's tall. I just like watching Michael Keaton have kitchen fights in that protege. That was pretty awesome oh, yeah. too. Was good yeah. stuff. Here's where that your blood types Ooh. won't be the same, but he won't know that line comes in handy right yeah. here. Where he takes the blood. Man, that's some excellent I, looking at computer lo- acting. That that is pretty good. That's like that's Sandra Bullock in the net tubble acting right there. Yeah, Vikander and um, Jason Bourne. Oh, that there's some intense staring. I like that Nick Cage was waiting for this opportunity to do this. <laughs> I know she's going to test the blood. I will be there waiting for her. <laughs> so you trust me now, right? <laughs> Just try not to look at any of this. Sorry, I did this to you, man. How do you? It's tough to explain. No, it isn't. You took his face off. <laughs> I had to save the world from nerve gas. <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, that's how. That's how you convince somebody. Get the face waterfall in there before they can pull the trigger. Because Caster Troy ass waterfalls, he does the face waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> I knew something was weird. <laughs> yeah, the face waterfall be for days. <laughs> the the thing I like, Scott. I do love this story. It's a very sweet story that he tells right here about getting surf and turf and all that. He he brings up the we needed to look for an all night dentist. Does this exist? I don't yes. know. Yes, they do. They <laughs> this do. is a thing? Yeah. Oh. Okay, I don't know. I'm asking. I'm asking. No, no, right? 100%. I'm sure it does, just because I imagine that's a service that, I don't know. Oh. I can imagine, I can understand, like, emergency net scenes where, like, that it's it's just an all-night dentist. Mm-hmm. It's just something I've never, All-night like, night and uh, weekend dentistry, yeah. There, there are places, there are facilities and places for that, yep. That said, it's not the highest recommendation. He was so drunk that he fixed the wrong tooth. What? <laughs> and I that, would not give that, that a good Yelp review. <laughs> that is true too. I, I actually I almost had to go to one of those places, but my like I left my dentist a voicemail and he called me back and he told I was told him I was going to do that. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, they get they, drunk all the time. Their their solutions <laughs> to these things are like pull the tooth. And they can be saved and fixed, but they'll they'll pull your teeth when they don't need pulled most of the time. That sounds like a horrible service. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> do you want to be the dentist if that's your practice? Is the nights and weekends I mean, person? I mean, yeah, I figure if you're an all night dentist, you've done something wrong. Right. <laughs> like, if you've got a dentist degree and you're either doing like all night dentistry or you're like working on dogs only, something happened in that span of time. Right. <laughs> that would be a good Nick Cage movie. If you think about it, the mob, it's like yeah. all night bring, dentist, it's like you know, he did bringing out the dead, no, bringing out the dentist. dentist. Yeah, <laughs> you can do the uh, the whole eleven yards where Matthew Perry teams up with Nick Cage and they become all night dentists. Whoa! 
You know what they needed to do <laughs> was the, uh, the the face off with Farley and Spade, where they switch faces. Jesus! Oh my god! Tell me. Well, okay. <laughs> so let's let's get into this. So what's assuming they remake instead of the sequel that we still we'll talk about later on? What would the remake of this be now? Like, who would you cat? Like, and obviously, someone say like The Rock and Kevin Hart or whatever. What would be the <laughs> what would be the natural <laughs> what would be the natural remake? Uh, Jack Black here? and Henry Cavill. Yes. <laughs> The natural remake right now. Um, I mean, Aubrey a... Plaza and Aza Gonzalez. <laughs> I'd like that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming they're not going to swap genders just because "quote unquote" problematic and because it's complicated. And I assume would they swap yeah. races? Is that something? The races, with? I think, is that's more. If anything, that's more believable and more of the yeah. go-to way to make to like have a reason. I like how he takes the thing off the face. <laughs> 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 like what would well, their solution be then <laughs> well, <we're done. laughs> well it's, it's it's he just gets the face off it so it's just gone the whole time <laughs> so I can subdue Travolta <laughs> anyway regardless I think that yeah I, I do think they would probably go for the race thing um, I don't know how you'd explain this but I think that'd be the that'd be the hook right because just doing two more white guys I got it not, yeah. yeah I so got it well, well, and Daniel Calawera Kalui. These are not hard names. Sorry. <laughs> hey, I got I Golding gotcha. right. I got gotcha. you. What? what? Freddie Highmore, Cody Schmidt, McPhee. <laughs> <laughs> Face off. Known for their muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you throw in Asa Butterfield for that matter too, but he's like, well, they're all tall. Never mind. Well, if you can't get oh. one of them, Asa comes in. Asa comes, comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Freddie Highmore, I think. Freddie Highmore is a little short, right? Asa Butterfield and, and mm-hmm. Cody Spigafee are both like you know eight foot two, so they, they sprouted. What about Wyatt Russell and Kurt Russell? <laughs> <laughs> that would be so an go, interesting go, hook, father and son. Go, go for an older, gonna go for an old young approach. Yeah. You know what? Though we were talking about earlier, Chris Evans could pull off like the caster toward the Nick Cage version, like here, like yeah. he could play the crazy one at the beginning and then the hero guy throughout like i think uh-huh. that that works as like if you're going for the same thing you do him at like ryan reynolds no you need yeah. ryan reynolds to be the bad guy most of the they can go either way jill and hall if you use jill and hall you just well because it wouldn't be a gimmick anymore i just say you haven't played both parts but uh, <laughs> i think the only issue with ryan reynolds he's kind of done that in the changeup before he's we did that and he did he did that other one too he did what's selfless it, like, selfless yeah Oh yeah, 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 another one is where, where he plays Ben Kingsley. Yeah, very, con- very convincing. <laughs> um, Tyrese I, and Paul Walker would have been fun. God, they should have had seventeen movies together. Oh, I do. Uh, Charlize and Angelina. Oh, Charlize got to be evil most of the movie. <laughs> Laura Dern, Trash. Nicole Kidman. <laughs> I'm glad this is a beach funeral they're going to because, like, we need to get the birds in That's here. That's right. How do we get the birds in here? <laughs> well, there's seagulls at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joan Allen. <laughs> Who conceived this scene, apparently, <laughs> this version of the story. And there's doves, though. There's no doves in the thing. <laughs> they're at the beach. Nope. They what there isn't is security. They get everywhere. They get yeah. everywhere. I guess it's down in the... <laughs> They had the funeral in San Juan Capistrano, which yeah. is not by the beach. Uh, 
with this boat chase coming up, didn't they shoot that first? Shoot that first, so then John Luke yes. would show the studio that. So they were like, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. They got that out of the way. <laughs> would they shoot first? The, the the boat chase. Oh, cool. Get that done. Also because it's ridiculously complicated, so it's like, yeah, we need to do this first. <laughs> we need oh, to get this out of the way. Space water falling himself. No, it's <laughs> also you know by default the only action scene that feels kind of perfunctory. Um, Scott, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Especially knowing that it's something that he wanted in a a previous movie. He was trying to escape. How else would you escape by the beach? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) A bayou boat chase would have been great. Again, why do you give yourself away? Stop doing this, Sean. (laughs) JCVD did have a bayou boat chase, so he was on a jet ski in Universal Soldier 2. Oh. Being chased, so he got redemption. <laughs> I'm sure he's made at least one movie called Redemption. <laughs> Universal? Sol- no, that's retaliation. No, that's regeneration. regeneration. Yeah. Oh, that one's good. I got you. all the R's. Yeah. Face Day off. of Reckoning is the crazy one. Face oh, off, starring uh, uh, Peter Dinklage and Paul Bettany. Face off. We can decrease the size of your legs if you... <laughs> no, we use the uh, Gattaca machine. Yeah. Yes. Just, just, I still like the stretching machine in the back. Just yeah. pulling, pulling someone out. Oh, Christ. Oh, yeah. And Travolta's eating this up. Oh, right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's making fun of the fact that John Liu is a Catholic and wants to insert this imagery into his movie. <laughs> Also prophetizing his own death. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh look at that. that was an unnecessary spin. There well as Why did you? As as Sam Jackson said in SWAT, they only roll in John Woo movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line in SWAT. <laughs> where, where, where Colin Farrell completely doesn't necessarily roll. It's John, they call out, call out Sam for not doing it. He's like, yeah, they don't do that in anything but movies. Jeremy Renner's really good in SWAT. I like that I, movie. It's I like SWAT action. a lot. SWAT, yeah. SWAT if you, for one thing, you're either SWAT or you're not. But exactly. Also some, and also sometimes doing the right thing isn't doing the right thing. <laughs> uh, SWAT is wonderful. SWAT has a lot of good stuff in it. And it features Deep Blue Sea's LL Cool J. Mm-hmm. That damn straight it is. And Fast and Furious is Michelle Fear, Michelle Rodriguez. Oh. And, and Olivier Martinez going, one million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and Hearts Words Colin Farrell, right? Yeah. And uh, Josh Charles in, his, in one of his many, I'm actually secretly a bad guy roles. <laughs> Four brothers. Four brothers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This movie needs more back punches, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it needed more guns, but then everybody got two, so. <laughs> Judy Grishon's like, yeah. I don't care about your guys' plot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is you shot my bald brother, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> Whee! Oh, what a prediction. That, mo- that was a trailer moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, Travolta knew how to sell the trailer, like his broken arrow, especially you know, all these little li- oh, at least yeah. one-liners they have. 
Oh, yeah, was he saying to Howie Long? Like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm the bomb or something. Like, what, is, what is that? Um, well, yeah, ain't it cool, of course. Right, but, cool. Oh, and then would you, would you please refrain from uh, firing at the thermonuclear weapons? <laughs> <laughs> and then when Howie Long gets kicked out of the train, that's a great yeah. Hey, Joan gets in on the action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Knocking you. Knocking that chair down. Here's this shot where he's like, <laughs> cross right. across his face. Like how this is like, this and um, Desperado have that move where it's like, we don't need to show all the gunfights. We can, we can sidestep some of them. <laughs> Do a little cross-cutting. <laughs> That's how oh, that- Desperado is because of budget. They're like, we can't afford to do another one. <laughs> Yeah, seven million. I remember that I was generally shocked by that choice when I first saw that film. Uh huh. And you know, it works, but it's like you just had the the, the motor the the guitar guys yeah. blowing everything up. We can't just do another one of these. But I can stretch it. Let me sell some more blood, Robert. Get out of control. <laughs> He said he only shot like 45,000 feet of film on Desperado. Mm-hmm. And then I was listening to Fincher talk about Fight Club, and in one night they shot 40,000 feet. So that's such a. Rodriguez yeah. had such control then. Please raise my son like he is your own. <laughs> because you lost a son in the first reel. That's a good little flip. He has like a little low, low elevation flip right there when he starts shooting at Travolta again in the. And the pews. Dad, I heard gunfire. What's... <laughs> Strange look he gives her there. It's perfect. Yeah, it's a, I don't know how to assess this right now. Exactly. <laughs> this is a very complicated moment. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, hi, shit, you're here. Oh, we didn't even talk about the vocal thing that they had to do, right? They had oh, to yeah, yeah. sound like each other. Yeah. This is going to play a pivotal role right now. <laughs> Nick Cage definitely hates shrubs in this scene because he blew up a palm frond. He's like, he don't want no shrubs. <laughs> oh, gosh. Eve Archer on the phone. Did you read that article in Forbes from the other week about the faces being changed? <laughs> I have something crazy I need to explain to you. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, because he gets him by the neck. So now it's like they're going to both start sending like Travolta. <laughs> Your cousin Marvin Archer. <laughs> oh, I love a good elbow to the back. You know the new face you're looking for. <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> a peach, a peach, a peach. <laughs> They're logic here. Listen to my voice. I'm your father. Yep. Use your eye. Use your eyes. <laughs> and the way he's delivering, it's like so sarcastic. Like, yeah. uh, use your eyes. <laughs> Face waterfall. Face water. Oh! And then he then he immediately insults her. No child of mine would shoot that wide. <laughs> immediately goes after her. <laughs> And delusions of his of his parenting skills, by the way. Because, like, by the time she's in high school, she would be shooting dead center mass every single time. Mm. <laughs> none of this, none of this shoulder shot bullshit. <laughs> there it is. Learn from the best. Power. And he face. twists. Boom. He twists it. The variety of guns in this final sequence, by the way. Yeah. There's all kinds of things going on. 
so many ways to fire and miss at people. It's crazy. More dead cops. He can't run because he's got a limp now, see? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they gave him a reason. They gave him a reason not to be able to run. <laughs> they stopped him they stopped oh, him before man. it got started. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> see? He can't quite run. Oh. And now he's gonna get on a boat and he can't run on yeah, water. Yeah, definitely doesn't have to yeah, this is a prequel to speed kills. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right? Now, here's where it starts. He got his legs down. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> slow pokes die tonight i love how big this explosion is right here like it's uh, like there's so much happening it's like look at the huge explosion he saves one guy yeah well, the, the others just jumped in the water you know no, but no. still that shack got fucked like it right. <laughs> that's a craigar baxley explosion right there yeah and unfortunately there's like 17 children hiding in that shack too so that's the real sorry about it what do y'all think about boat chases? Because you kind of need more go, of them. You kind of just have to go in a straight line until you hit something. I agree. Hey, I mean, from Russia but, with but, love, but, rocks it with boat chases. But, but between this, from Russia with love, Class Crusade, yep. World is not enough. Yeah. Boat chases are cool, as far as I've seen them on movies. Yep. <laughs> street, street Fighter, Street Fighter, the movie. <laughs> not Quantum of Solace. <laughs> not Quantum of Solace. Oh gosh. <laughs> Was that God, one? Quantum of Solace. Oh, right. That, of course, that of Where they're like, how, how can we top the car chase by being illegible? Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, Mark, Forrester, Mark Forrester with his empty coffee cup steps in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Patriot Games has a good boat. Scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, boat chases in general, we don't see enough of them, but they're cool. Chain Reaction has a hovercraft chase, so that's kind of cool. Deep Rising. Well, deep right. Well, deep rising. It's like one jet ski versus you know Cthulhu. <laughs> hard, hard rain has like a boat fight. Oh yeah, yeah hard, it's got a lot of jet ski boats yeah. and yeah, water stuff. I love a good boat fight. The thing about this, though, obviously, in all boat fights leading up, you know, this and a few movies after, it's real. Yeah, <laughs> like we're yeah. not we're not going to see something like this in a you know in a Marvel no. movie. No. Yeah. That'd be weird if they like amp, the next Ant Man is a boat chase for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's yes, the stuntmen are obvious, but that's the price you pay, and so be it. Man, I mean, every jumping. shot, link, every shot crushes this too. Like it just looks yeah. amazing. Shows off. And, it's awesome. And Powell's score is kicking in, and everything. It's great. Big game for this explode. too. Who, who, boats explode. Who, who. Now that's gonna be bad. Oh, these I mean, you sign lovely. up for this. Like, like, Scott, you say perfunctory, and I know what you mean. I know what you're saying. But at the same time, it's like, how do you... This movie opened with a fucking Humvee <laughs> versus plane to ch- like chase. Like, how do you close this thing? You gotta, no, no, you gotta it's, go it's, big. It's a minor nitpick. Um... I always like the logic of bad guy, good guy in a vehicle, and they both have to figure out how to drive. That shot impressed me the other night when I watched it. Was when they went. Yeah, through yeah, that yeah. Zone. I was like, oh, jeez, camera. I camera. was like, a, I was like a good in 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 and under. Yeah, like like T two with that helicopter when they told. Oh James yes, Harris, yeah. Don't 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 do that. And he's like, <laughs> I'm gonna do guys, that. Let's go do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do the thing. I'm gonna do the thing. Let's go. Let's go do the thing. <laughs> 
there's a guy, real dude, hanging off this right here. It's all oh, yeah. This, there's some Jackie Chan shit going on right here. <laughs> Jackie Chan's been involved in some boat stuff. Doing some. Yeah. It's, it's mainly doing this, <laughs> like this thing right like here. This, uh, this is from License to Kill, right there. Yeah. This can't be easy, it's, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Just be like strapped to a boat and yeah. putting your feet in the water like that. Because speeding at what I assume is like 60, 70 miles an hour or whatever knots that is. It's kind of crazy. And then, you know, people would see it. They'd want to like top that scene. Dude, I like, I feel like I don't know if they do that as much anymore. Like, um, I remember um, like Maniac Cop 2 has a action sequence that's awesome where someone's handcuffed to a steering wheel getting dragged from a car yeah, yeah. and that mm-hmm. came about because they saw a police story and there was a part where someone got handcuffed to a car they're like oh are they gonna do it are they gonna do it and that didn't happen they're like well we're gonna do it but they were watching like <laughs> po- police story and police story 2 like all on set there that was like inspiring them to come up with the actions like they're supposed to be making a horror movie but like let's just make a uh, action movie with like horror stuff in it I, I don't know how you film something like this, but it fucking rules. It does. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I can't explain. Like, how do we launch a boat and two guys at the As same time? As the boat time, like lands, just straight straight up, and then explodes yeah. like it's a building. It's awesome. Yeah, this is this is wild. Like stunt coordinator Brian Smurz, he uh, worked on Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, which stars oh, who? Oh, okay. CCH Pounder. CCH Pounder. Yeah. <laughs> CCH Pounder. <laughs> he, he was also the stunt coordinator of Men in Black this year, too. There you go. So did Jada and Will. And <laughs> Yep. That's all I'll say about that. The Adam Project this year. God, he's, he's messing up. <laughs> Cage right here with his butt. I love the yeah. beach fight. Haywire. Mission Impossible this. 2. Mission Pot, yeah. Here comes the guess, uh, the Deadpool kill. Yeah. The Dirty Harry Deadpool, not Deadpool Deadpool. Oh, yeah. Dead space pool. It is ironically the only time Harry Callahan commits murder in any of those movies. Uh, my mom is screaming, kill him, at this point in the movie. <laughs> These lo- and it's still doing Cage, which is wonder like the way he's doing yeah. this. <laughs> I love this holding the harpoon, like that's great. <laughs> as and as he, got, this is what I remember specifically. Uh, she was like, "What's he gonna do? Rip the face off?" Like that was, <laughs> it's so like amazing what he's doing. He's kind of like, is that what the plan right now? He's gonna like cut the face and then just like rip it off so he can't use it anymore. <laughs> that's, that's so evil. <laughs> And he gets foiled by a nut shot. I mean, that's beautiful. Yep. Yep. And he gets crucified. <laughs> oh, that's good. He starts doing that little song that he does, right? And this look right here at Cage is giving. Oh, my God. This is so great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, these two brought it. He's barely holding on. This is such a Cage way to die, too, of him, like, yeah. sitting on, like singing on the thing, like, still trying to hold up for composure. <laughs> Like this has like you're saying this is maybe a great cage performance. Like one of Cage's best performances. This is a great Travolta. Oh yeah, this has got to be one of his top things. Also, um, 
Like, he's got some standout classic roles. But like, oh, yeah. Face-off face is right up there, like, as far as the effort that he's got to put into something like this. And again, without getting into, you know, better or worse, I think I just responded to Cage more because of the passion play aspects. Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, it's there's, there's a layering there. Yeah. An emotional arc that you see through his eyes. So, oh, based off what... Oh, based off what based off what Adam Wingard has said, is he apparently always thought that at the end of this movie, we don't necessarily see that Castro Troy is dead. We just see him in a hospital thing. Hmm. I mean, he looks pretty dead. He looks dead. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. <laughs> but that's the logic we're going with. That apparently Castro Troy is still alive, and that's the jumping off point for whatever this sequel, not a remake, is supposed to be. Presuming that actually actually happens. <sighs> Not every didn't, hit film is a franchise. Didn't he do the guest, Wingard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The guest, Blair Witch, Godzilla. I, I mean, I like okay. Wingard. But... Face off, but with King Kong and Godzilla. Oh. We have, we, <laughs> we have to say, we have to save the center of the earth. What can we do? Well, Kong, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> We're going to knock you unconscious. We're going to take your face off. Bear with me. He's got a big snout, but I think if we wrap it around just right, we can trade you places, and you can fly up to see the Z- the Zalians. <laughs> Bring in Toby Kebbell and Andy Serkis I mean, to play them. And, it's like, an obvious of- bit, but I love that he asked them to not put the scar back. He's like, um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I mean, I oh, guess time is- must have passed, but it's like it just looks like the spinning image. It's like, how does that work? But all right. And yeah, the love handles thing—like they injected stuff back into him. Like, what happened? Yeah, I mean, you know, logically, she'd probably be at the hospital with him every step of the way. But yeah, emotionally, this is how you know the scene needs to happen. Really smoky day outside yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez, Louise. There's a car fire down the road. (laughs) (laughs) There's a what? A car fire down the road. (laughs) It's going to go to the house. (laughs) Close close the door. (laughs) Somebody check the grill. I like how after these after these events, the daughter's like, I guess I should stop wearing all the makeup. Like, that's that's her takeaway from this. Goodbye, nose ring. (laughs) Yeah. Shorthand for. She's pure again. She's, she's, and we know it's him because of that. Face waterfall. Attempted murder. By the way, boy. Probably <laughs> <laughs> boy, had this here. conversation beforehand, but. Boy, come back. Come here. Come here. Boy, get in this room, please. <laughs> you and get your terrible haircut. Come on in. <laughs> what the nope. fuck? Come on, Sean. What are you talking about? <laughs> No, absolutely it's, not. It's and oh God, she's passing the face waterfalls down <laughs> right here too. Boom. It's the it, it's right this moment when he looks at Joe now and he's like, "This is good, right?" And she's just like, "Yeah, all right, <laughs> yeah, okay, cool." <laughs> we good. <laughs> that makes sense. I, I wish she it's gave him earned. a look and then it cuts. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, that's the last thing that happens. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's like we end on this moment. <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. You that's know, so much fun. But yeah, that's that's good. 
Uh, Nicholas Cage was only Caster Troy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now he's credited again. I think as one of the uh, bomb diffusers. Um, so, <laughs> the, of course, we have to talk about the alternate C- ending of this movie. Oh. Cigarette guard. <laughs> Cigarette guard. That was a character. So there, I, I assume most, you've seen this alternate ending, mm-hmm. uh, where there's one more scene uh, where Kate, where Sean Archer's in the bathroom and he looks in the mirror and he gives himself a little like, "Am I still evil?" Like nefarious nod. Ah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> wisely not used in this yeah, movie. Right. But, but, but That's real. A, in, yeah, no, it's on. The, it's on. You can. It's on the disc. There's oh. a, there's an alternate ending where you see him give like a nefarious little like. Hmm, and a smile, as if, like, either... It's the John Carpenter a, ending to face off. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's like either somehow Caster Troy's alive and did everything he needed to to still be this person, or the just the the the, the brain functions of Evil Caster resides Troy inside has, him. Has held inside of he him. He transported yeah. his soul into the face as he died. Yeah, it's a it's a Snoke situation. I don't know. <laughs> I it made, was wisely I made it's stupid. Troy. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, to state the obvious, it's a passion play, and they damn well earn the happy ending. Yeah, it's very much a John Woo ending, yeah. which is you know that's that's what you go for. It's a nice yeah. car fire. <laughs> yeah. It's busy streets. A lot of things. Oh, a lot of things going on in the city. And to be fair, even the sun thing was a matter of you know there were. I don't know whether it was always intended to be that or not, but I do know at some point test screening audiences were wondering what happens to the kid. And you know, yeah, it's movie logic, but it works. Um, I'm, I'm surprised that wouldn't be like the idea from the start. Is once, yeah. they, once they once they added that kid who looked exactly like yeah. the dead son, like that's kind of where you go with that. Um. Uh, this movie what made two hundred forty five worldwide yep, wow. an eighty budget, which back was then the, was uh, more than enough. The eleventh biggest film of the year, mm-hmm. quite high. Um, got nominated for got nominated for sound effects editing. Mm-hmm. And does he get lost to Titanic? Like everything, everything lost it. Yeah, including Starship Troopers, which um, Verhoeven and Casper Van Dien were very upset about. Oh. Well, tip it, tip it, right? He could have won something for that, maybe. I don't know. Not, not when Cameron's in the house. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> not when the king of the world takes his throne. <laughs> <laughs> don't take my Oscar. I'm going to take your Oscar. <laughs> Just like this December. Don't save movie theaters again. I'm going to save movie theaters again. <sighs> <sighs> this was a it was a split from Eber to Siskel and Eber, right? The Eber was thumbs up on it, but Siskel wasn't into it. Was oh no, they both. My... Wait, Siskel didn't like this. I'm I, trying to remember. Was it? Two I know thumbs Eber up loved it, just... it. Eber was big on it, yeah. but I, I'm trying to remember if it was two thumbs up. Siskel's kind of a cold fist sometimes. Well, because remember the broke the Broken Arrow version, where Siskel was thumbs up on oh, Broken yeah. Arrow, mm. and Ebert wasn't. Mm. And on the show, he convinced Siskel's like, "Why are you recommending this?" He's like, you know, you're, you're right. And then he gave a thumbs down after. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is, which is pretty hilarious to watch, like to see him in real time be like, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> where does this rank amongst uh, Wu's other stuff? Where, where would you put this? This is my favorite John Wu picture. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. 
I think Hard Boiled's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. This this is probably tied with the killer for me, which is like two. I mean, we got because paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine if you ask most people who actually know who he is what their three favorite John Woo films, it's going to be some combination of Face Off, Hard Boiled, and The Killer in some yeah, random yeah. order. Well, yeah. the other, like the, it. What doesn't help is that the you know Hong Kong or the world or whatever is just against everybody as far as giving you like good copies of Better Tomorrow and a Better Tomorrow Two. Right. Yeah. So it's like, what are we doing here? Um, at the same time, Red Cliff is fucking amazing. Also. Oh so God, like, yes, nice. like, <laughs> Five hours of awesome. Red Cliff is fantastic. It's just yes, it's not you know you don't just put that on if you put on Face Off or right. it's like that's an event that you, that's like me like I can't always watch Kingdom of Heaven but it's still like one of my favorite yeah. Ridley Scott oh, movies man. so it's like that's what probably my favorite Ridley Scott movie it's top it's top three yeah yeah I mean, but, but still yeah um, um Paycheck by the way not good no uh, but but also I always felt bad for Paycheck for not for Paycheck for Uma Thurman mm-hmm. for doing press for Kate where she's like. She's in the middle of being like the world's greatest assassin, and this movie, she's like damsel in distress the whole time. Like, good god! She rides on and the back like, of yeah. the bike, yeah. And she's giving all this like she's doing all this press. It's like I never got to play like the girl like this before. It's like you are right between Kill Bill movies. God, <laughs> this is <laughs> terrible. Yeah, <laughs> and you know it's it's you know that happens a lot where the guy has a breakthrough, whatever, and gets to be the lead, and the girl has a breakthrough and gets to be the girlfriend. You know, it's it's. It's just, it's like even more insult because yeah. it's like in between these two action yeah. epics, he's like this And this character. was sort of <laughs> billed as sort of her reward for the comeback that was Kill Bill. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. It, it was sad. Um, also, you know, it, you know, her fault or not, she's always had just terrible luck in terms of big Hollywood blockbusters. Um, you know, the Avengers, Batman and Robin, Paycheck. Um, you know, she just, you know, she had a great indie career, give or take how mainstream you want to consider Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill, but her quote unquote Hollywood pictures were genuinely not just ill received, but infamous. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's Gattaca, yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. That's yeah, that's, that's, good yeah. It comes from fighting at that time between her, Julia Roberts, Andrew Bullock, Meg Ryan. Yeah. You know, like there's this, you know, it's the same thing as all the Chris's these days. You yeah. Know, it's like there's only there's only four people apparently in Hollywood. <laughs> they have to, like, fight and they and they have to fight for every role. Um, um, so, you know, it, so it like by default feels like a miracle when John David Washington lead Tenet. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, we've reached the end of Face Off. I we could keep going <laughs> this, this movie has a lot going on but we have to end it now uh, the, the movie has ended uh, but this was a lot of fun uh, as we wrap up here where can people find more of your guys' work online sorry Scott uh, Forbes.com please google some variation of Forbes the ticket booth Scott Mendelson. I'm on Twitter at, at Scott Mendelson. Brandon Peters uh, the Brandon Peters show which is at the thebrandonpetershow.com on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. Coming May 2nd, Scott and I will be taking a lengthy journey through the summer of 1982 at the movies. Weekend by weekend, all the movies, all the pop culture that happened throughout that entire summer, including music, television show, news items, good stuff. And I now have a Patreon, too, for the show. So go to that. Give me money. Thanks. Give us money. My cats need food. Yes. Mark, Mark Hoffman. There's so many cats. More of you. Yeah, uh... Movie Souls of Flicks, Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, just Mark Hoffman, Rotten Tomatoes, 
film theorists, just like Mark Hoffmeyer, film theorists on YouTube, and then fandom, I do their by the numbers videos. I got a crazy Tom Cruise one coming out. So uh, when to- the new Top Gun comes out, you're going <laughs> to, uh, I'll tell you off the air because it's crazy. But uh, yeah, pay attention to that one. So fandom, Tom Cruise, by the numbers, you're going to like it. You can find everything I do over at League of Entertainment and Why the Blue, on my personal blog, thecodazeek.com, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Our podcast is everywhere you can find podcasts, iTunes, Audio, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all those places. You know where to find our show. I want to thank, once again, Brandon, Scott, and Mark for joining me for this commentary for Face Off. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you. You're a peach. What's next? Oh, what's next? Scott, do you feel the need? The need for speed? I guess I do. <laughs> That's Days of Thunder. We got an exciting May. So what if we did Days of Thunder out of a weird spite? Uh, but no, I, uh, we've been we've we've had a long time to prepare for our Top Gun commentary, and I, I think uh, next month is finally giving us that opportunity to get there uh but yeah that's uh gonna do it for this month's commentary for face off that's gonna do it now so until next time so long and goodbye thank you for listening the brandon peters show is a creative zombie studios production produced by brad shoemaker and brandon peters written and edited by brandon peters announcer vocals by jessica Osman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetersshow.com. show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. 